Injured in a car accident? It's about money. Your money. Your settlement. We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery? You pay no fees or costs. We strive to get you more at LawyerUp904.com. I'm not going to lie. I'm ready to play right now. 72 right more hours. now. Yep. Brooks, ready to play right now. I I'm can gonna, understand I'll, that. I'll, I'll get in a three-point stance right now. I'll, I may do the show in a three-point stance. The whole show. <laughs> I may say set hut. Hut, hut. I may do that. I mean, I may do the whole show that way. I like the, it. The, like the whole show. Hut, hut, hut. What do you think? I, I, I jumped, so I'm okay, sorry. Yeah, I just yeah. cost well, us five right, yards. Right. By the way, if you're going to fall start, I got yeah. somebody else in the bench we'll put in there, okay? <laughs> I, I understand. So we're clear about that. <laughs> you ready, Brooks? You look a little calm for me. It's, it's kind of ticking me off. What have I, all, what, what have I been telling you off the last couple of weeks? It, if you're too excited on Wednesday afternoon, there's something wrong. You've got to be able right. to maintain because I have been very uh, – motivated and happy and excited on Friday afternoons, yeah, yeah. and not everybody has. Gibby, you ready? I, I'm right with you. I'm ready to go. After watching sounds of the game last night, I'm, like, ready to oh. run through this wall right in front of me. So good. Green 38. Hit. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to do the whole show that way. I jumped again. <laughs> That's 10 yards. Um, <laughs> let me say this about, and I agree. Now we're second and 20. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I trust in right, our quarterback. Right. I have and, faith And in you went from bench to cut. Okay, <laughs> That's what happened in that quick moment. Um, but I'm glad Gibby brought that up. If you haven't been watching the sounds of the, the sounds of the game that that Jaguars group does, I'm telling you, I'm just telling you, do it. That is a really good department. Patrick Cavanaugh runs it. Dave DeCandis is sort of the manager of broadcast. But between the stuff Johnny O does, the written stuff, uh, the video stuff, they they have a big department and they edit, and it is it's really good. I, and I'm not saying just because it's our team, our guys. It's they are really good. Really, really good at the job. They're going to have like a feature film of the season. Yeah, as soon as it's over. I know. I mean, it's incredible because you've got 38 minutes just in these last two games. Yeah. So I mean, when you think about it, at the end of this run, I mean, what a! I mean, it is just it's spectacular. Yeah. That sounds hopefully the, the end is in February. Yeah. yeah. That sounds of the game. I don't know if this did this for you. I got chills, legitimate chills, and almost teared up. And I'm and I was on it. I'm the one doing the, nav- the the narrating, and I still thought, gosh, it is so good. They did they they did it perfectly. I thought, and they they the way they broke it down, and 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 Trent Padilla is the one that actually oversees sound, and he's the one that edits sound. So Trent, great work, man. It, it is. But I, and I'm I'm telling you, well, he's going to be working for Disney and, yeah, and, and, and making Star Wars. Their, and yeah, really, their really HD good. cameras are yeah. so good. You feel like you're sit, like literally yeah. standing right next to the yeah. players when they're on the sidelines and, and then on the field and things like that. It, it's awesome. And it I is. love it for the fans that get to be featured in yes. it, too. I think yeah. that's really special. It is. It, it really is. But, it, but it, I'm telling you, folks, if you haven't been – my guess a lot of people that are hearing this right now have seen Sounds of the Game on the Jaguars website. If Absolutely. you haven't, go to com or go to their social – uh, does their social channel uh, handles? Yeah, I watch it on YouTube on my TV. Every and time. I did what you did, and, I, and it's funny you said that. It's even better, isn't it? Uh, you, since you gave me the tip, we watch it on our big screen, mm-hmm. and it is better. It, it's, it's the way. It's the way to do it. And, and, it, and it's it like is. from a regular movie theater to IMAX. I mean, I mean, what we did is last night I had some stuff to do, and, and I was um, uh, knocking, and I wanted to watch some of the Keontae Johnson game. We'll talk about that. And I ate ate late, so we actually laid down in bed probably about nine thirty or so and watched it like we would a movie. You know, put it up on a big mm-hmm. screen we have in the bedroom, and, and I'm telling you, man, it is, it is, it, it's really good stuff. So, uh, uh, yeah, so go check it out. All right, a lot of things to talk about today on the program. I can tell you, I was in the stadium today. They're ready. Okay, I hope the Chiefs are ready. Okay, I hope I, they're not. Okay, but I'm telling you, because because this team's ready. 
but this team's ready. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about the game, the significance of the game. Um, I asked a question yesterday. Who would you take, and we asked it together, I guess, of the seven, if you had the next seven, eight years, would you take, who would you take ahead of Trevor? And you pretty much said nobody. I said not very many people, I think. So we all, we're, all, we're all on the not very many people camp. I probably would still take Mahomes over him. Well, I'm going to ask another question. I'm not going to do it yet, but I'm going to another question we come back today uh, after our first break. Right now, right now, if I could say you can trade out Doug Peterson and have any other coach in the world, you can have Sean Payton, you can have Bill Belichick, you can, I mean, any other coach, anybody else that you want. I, I'll let you have Urban Meyer back. Okay, you can have that. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, if you could have any coach in the world right now, would you trade Doug for, and who would it be? We're, we're going to do that. That's our first segment. That comes up in a bit, so I, I'm excited about that. Um, um, it is. It's, 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 it, I mean, I really feel that way. Um, how do you beat the Chiefs? We're going to talk about that today. Is there a way to beat them? I mean, everybody's beatable, but what is the, what is the way to beat them? And so we'll certainly get to that coming up uh, today. All kind of other things. Did you guys watch any of the Keontae Johnson, Kansas State, Kansas at all? A little. Did you watch any of it? I did, both in studio and at home. Yeah. He, uh, I watched almost the whole game. Gosh, I'm so happy for that kid. I am so freaking happy for that kid. And he didn't miss a step. Yeah, yeah. No, not a step. He's better. Yeah, he's, he's bad. better. And he, but he was really coming on when he, when, he, when he collapsed. And I don't know those guys. I don't pretend to know them. But, but, but one of my closest friends in the business is Chris Harry, who knows them all and travels with them. And he said, you can't imagine what a good kid that kid is. You, I mean, what a good teammate. For two years, he sat on the bench and went to practice and helped him practice and helped Castleton work on his post moves and helped guys work on their spot and never said a word, didn't grandstand. There was no look at me. He was on that bench every, every hoping one day Florida would clear him. You know? Then Florida's doctors didn't feel like, I, I suppose, didn't feel like they could clear him. And, I, and, I, and by the way, would I love it if he was still at Florida? Of course. But I don't fault doctors for doing what they think is right. And the Kansas State doctors did clear him. And, and again, I don't pretend to know. I say that like I know. My assumption is some doctors wouldn't clear him and some would, and that's why he's playing. But, gosh, I was happy. I was rooting so hard for them last night. I, I mean, I was rooting so hard. By the way, they play, they play Florida. Florida, but they're, they're 16 and Soon. 2 now. Yeah, they, they're, they're 16 and 2, 5 and 1 in that league. Kansas is now 16 and 2 and 5 and 1, two of the best teams in the country. I, I'm telling you, man, I can't. I was caught up in the emotion of that thing. I really was. Well, just watching it. It's the first time I've watched him play. I knew he was back playing, but I haven't watched. I thought it was very cool. I've watched him a few times, and, yeah, he's, he's playing at a very high level. And then last night, obviously, the significance is 13th-ranked Kansas State is playing host to second-ranked Kansas. So it's already a big game. Right. And then you add in the emotions of this guy who, like you said, hasn't been able to play for a couple of years. And then the fact that he's kind of a part of the end of the game and for Kansas State to win, all of that was awesome. It, he is – I wish I had gotten to know him when he was a, a yeah. player at Florida because, like you said, everything you've ever read about him is he is just a wonderful human being, like DeMar Hamlin and all the yeah. stories that we've yes. gotten to hear about him as well. And, and that is a – in basketball, that is a big rivalry now. That, I mean, that is a gigantic rivalry. I will tell you, I'm convinced it's what chased Lon Kruger to, to Florida. I've said this before. Lon was there, played at Kansas. Great player, by the way. Lon Kruger was a great player at Kansas State. Probably should be in the Hall of Fame as a college player. Went to be their coach there in 1988. They were both, they were both in the Elite Eight, I think. Something happened in '88, but they were both really good. Kansas, of course, with Danny Manning, went on to win the title when when Oklahoma and they were all there together. And Kansas State didn't make it, and it was almost like Kansas had won the state. It was a battle between Kansas State and Kansas, and back and forth, and 
And and I um, was Roy Williams maybe at Kansas then? Maybe he was a Kansas coach. And I don't think so. Wasn't he wasn't there yet. Larry Brown win it with Maybe Larry Brown. Larry Brown was there. You're my bad. So Larry Brown was the coach there. But anyway, so but they went back and forth. Kansas. You're right. It was Larry Brown. But Kansas and Kansas State back and forth and back and forth. Anyway, they were both really good in '88, but Kansas prevailed, and and Kansas went on to be the team in that area. And Lon left for Florida a few years later, and I'm convinced that was connected to it. So it's a gigantic rivalry, and 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 boy, it was fun. Watch I was boy, I was rooting for Key last night. And he played thirty four minutes. Yeah. Now the game went to overtime. Yeah. But yeah. I mean he played oh, he's fine. thirty four yeah. minutes. So yeah. obviously there's no yeah. limitations on him at all. And he's he, an NBA player. Oh absolutely. I mean, I mean he, in today's NBA, he is a he is a, he will be a very good NBA player. And again, things happen on God's time and I know that. Can you imagine if he'd have stayed healthy that year? You know, I mean, can you, can you, can you, I mean, the, again, that's going to be a domino that we talk about for a long time to come, I you mean, know, in terms Because Mike White would still be the head coach. Well, absolutely. Th- and they'd had Trey Mann and Key, and Key together. Keontae Johnson and Trey Mann playing. That's when Trey Mann had that huge breakout year. If he and Keontae, remember, Florida made the tournament anyway. If they'd had Keontae Johnson and Trey Mann. He was the SEC preseason player of the year. Preseason yeah. player of the year. And Trey Mann was a first-round draft pick. Matt, so it had been two first-round draft picks. You don't get that very often. And uh, I thought that was that was kind of the beginning of the end of the Mike White era at Florida. I was trying to remember: was Jason Jatobo the only player that's on the team now that was on the team then? That's a great question. Um, I guess he must be right. I was trying to go through it. They've had so much roster turnover. Castleton wasn't on that team. I don't think no, so. he wasn't on that team. Yeah. I don't think. Maybe I'm not even sure. What, was. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. The the, la- the, the what you because it was after COVID. And Castleton, it, I don't think, it, had to sit out. But it, right? was, it was it happened post COVID because that's why they were so worried. Was it a COVID right. effect? You know, so um, I don't remember. I, I see yeah, a team picture with Castleton and Keontae. So he might, he might have been on. I don't know if he was playing them. Yeah, but, so yeah. they certainly n- still know each other. But but nonetheless, that team would have been a really good. That would have been his second, probably Elite Eight team, maybe a Final Four team, uh, for Mike White there. But nonetheless, but watching him last night, it was I sure did root for him. All right, a lot of things to talk about. Walker Howard has picked a school. Hayes, we'll talk about that later on. Uh, I'll give you some of the background. I know a little bit about it. Uh, Florida State's basketball team uh, laid it to Notre Dame. Are they, are they coming around a little bit? We'll get to that coming up in the program as well. Some college football as well. A lot of stuff to get to. But I want to start. We'll take a break. Uh, I want to start with Doug Peterson and how good, how good this guy is. Later on, we're going to do a power poll, by the way. I think people are going to have some fun with That'll come later on the program. But before we get to that, let's talk coaching. That's after this. Glad you're with us. We're live at Island Wing Company in Bartram, by the way. What a gorgeous day it is here uh, in St. John's County. Stop on by and say hello. We'd love to have you do it. And we always thank our friends from the Kitchen and Flooring Design Center. It's always a Kitchen and Flooring Design Center on a Wednesday on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. You, you got to play disciplined football, number one. Playing a well-coached team, they're a disciplined football team. Uh, we have to be prepared for them, too, as they've had a couple of weeks now to really maybe come up with some wrinkles of their own, right? And, and that's, that's Coach Reed. And uh, he'll, have, he'll have some, uh, some wrinkles up his sleeve, I know. But for us, it's just a matter of just staying disciplined and, and trusting what we're doing and just understand your role within your game plan, right? And, and, and just uh, execute each play one at a time. It's a Kitchen and Flooring Design Center Wednesday on The Frangie Show. Make your home dreams come true with the Kitchen and Flooring Design Center. The comments of Doug Peterson getting ready to play this game. You ready, Brooks? You're still flat. I'm never flat. I'm always excited. I just don't get too excited Blue on 38. Wednesday. Blue 38. Ah, uh, you didn't jump that time. Very I'm good. ready. Okay, very I'm locked disciplined. in. Very disciplined that time. I was going to see if he would, he would fault start. Um, 
I try to limit those to just two a game. <laughs> the uh, so there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Did I get this from one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. There's thirteen coaches who have won two Super Bowls ever. Thirteen. Now again, the Super Bowl era started in the late '60s, so that doesn't count old timers. But there's there's Bill Belichick has six wins. We all know that. Chuck Knowles got four. They they both have the most. Uh, Joe Gibbs and Bill Walsh both have three, and there's a bunch of guys with two. Tom Coughlin among them. All right, so we know that. Doug Peterson's got one. I am roundly convinced he's going to win one here. I I am I I am. Okay, I'm a homer, but I, I am when I see what he's done in the first freaking year, it's the first year on uh, taking over a, a broken, dysfunctional team. I will say this. People beat up Trent Baalke all they want. He they built he's done pretty good at acquiring players both through the draft and free agency in the last couple of years. But that that's a, conver- a conversation for later. Right now, if I could say you could take Coach A and bring him in here in place of Doug, is there anybody you'd pick? It's a great question. Honestly, I don't think I would because, again, that's going to sound ludicrous to people that haven't been here. Yeah. And I understand that. Uh, And this isn't a knock. I'm not trying to suggest that Bill Belichick's lost his fastball without Brady. He's he's the greatest coach to ever do it. But I just think for this team and this moment and what they've gone through, I wouldn't change anything. I, I, I wouldn't trade... The equipment manager. I wouldn't trade the hot dog vendor. I wouldn't touch yeah, anything yeah. because it is right now working in spectacular fashion. And I think Doug Peterson's a big part of that. He's 54, so you still are going to have him ideally for hopefully another 15 years. Uh, you know, so he's certainly you talk about guys like Belichick and, and Reed and, you know, they're further along. Um you know, I, I have to say, I, I, I would not trade Doug Peterson for another head coach right now. I, I wouldn't either, Lauren. I, 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 and I'm, and I'm, I'm not, he's not as accomplished as Bill Belichick or Chuck Noel. I mean, I guess my question about active guys. He's not, he's not as accomplished as Bill Belichick or Sean Payton. What about Mike Tomlin? Uh, I would not. I would not. I would not. And, I think, and I think those guys are all really good coaches. But I, I don't know that when, I mean, Tomlin had Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger wasn't Brady or Manning, but he's pretty damn good now. Sean Payton had Drew Brees. And, and Bill Belichick is great, 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 great. But he's, there's a little Phil Jackson there too, okay? You know, I mean, Phil Jackson was great at 10 titles or whatever. But he had Michael, then Shaq, and Kobe. And I'm not knocking him. I'm not, I'm not saying he's not worthy of everything he's been, that they've said about him. Hopefully someone one day says this about Doug Peterson. About not him. in Philadelphia, but yeah. in Jacksonville right. where he had Trevor Lawrence. Right, but it's, it will be significant when, we're, when they're building the statue to him and when he goes to Canton, if that happens, that it's pointed out that he won one before he had Trevor because that's what will be pointed out. And someone will say, well, who, who's his quarterback? And someone will say Nick Foles, who was, quite frankly, a journeyman. You know, And so – uh, I, I don't think there's another – and I mean this very sincerely. I don't think I would trade him for another living coach. I, I would not do it. Doug Peterson has had a winning season in four of his last five years in the NFL. Yeah. And the only year that he didn't have a winning season was the year where it was just clear that Peterson and Roseman and Lurie, they were going to divorce. Yeah. And it was just toxic and something had to yeah. give. And it just trickled down to the team and – 
you know, they had a losing season. But with Philadelphia and Jacksonville, if you've produced winning seasons in four of your last five years, and oh, by the way, one of those four, you delivered the Lombardi Trophy. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's pretty amazing. What about you? Yeah, you always say it's bad radio when we all agree, right? Yeah, yeah. But you got to say, say what you think, though. Right. But I don't think that Bill Belichick could have come into Jacksonville this offseason and done what Doug Peterson has done. Gosh, I don't either. I think Bill Belichick is set in his ways, and I think he's had so much success that he would have looked around, realized that how much of a disaster this is, and tried to do things differently and, and do it his way instead of like Doug Peterson did and really build the, the trust of his players and build the culture. I'm not even sure Mike Tomlin could have done it. Maybe he could have. Uh, with, you know, he's a coach who's never had the losing season. But Doug Peterson, just knowing his personality, he is the absolute perfect fit here. And, and, don't, and, and make no mistake about this. I think Bill Belichick and his staff have a lot to do with Tom Brady's success. I think Sean Payton had a lot to do with Drew Brees' success. I think Chuck Knoll had a lot to do when, when he and Bradshaw won four of them together. He deserved every bit as much credit as Bradshaw did. But they did have those guys. That, that, that's, that's, that's the point. I um, yeah, I wouldn't trade him. I, there, there's not a guy. There's not a guy working right now that I would trade him for. Again, I, if you told me right now, you know, I wouldn't trade Trevor because he's our guy. But but if you take the emotion out of it, you you take it. To, let's, but let, let me rephrase it. If you're in Carolina, and again, you can handpick any coach you want. Would you want Belichick to come in there and rebuild it? Would you want Doug? I don't know that I wouldn't pick Doug. Okay, and that's the different question than the traded. And some people might pick Andy Reid in that scenario. That's right, and you know what? And good point. Good, they might. Andy Reid certainly, or Sean Payton, you know, Sean, or Sean Payton. But I don't know. I don't know that I'd pick any of them ahead of Doug. I, I, I guess I might, but I don't know that I would. The other thing I think is an NFL owner that I would appreciate is the fact that Doug Peterson played quarterback in the NFL. I think is invaluable, and I think it's a big reason why he is so able to relate to the team, certainly to Trevor. Uh, and, and, again, it's not that he was obviously a star. He was a backup for the majority of his career. But just being in those rooms, seeing how Brett Favre interacted with the Green Bay coaches and what worked and what didn't and, you know, what you know, upset Favre and what Favre embraced and, and seeing that, I, if, if I was an NFL owner hiring a head coach, I would absolutely try and lock in on coaches that have played quarterback in the end, and they're not many, and that's why Doug Peterson is such a, a rare gem. Uh, but I, I think having that experience is just paramount to the success the Jaguars have had now and into the future. And, Frank, you know him better than the rest of us, but in our interactions with him, he's also funny and down-to-earth, and you don't always get that mix with a head coach in the NFL. We were, we were together today, and we're, everyone's talking about the – the, the GoPro in the in the in the, the booth and how everyone sees our reactions. So Doug and I were in there laughing about it today. He liked it. And he, and he, 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 he goes, you guys have a GoPro in there, don't you? It's cool. I said, it is cool. And John, John Dever was in there. And uh, Dever goes, you guys even got Baselli excited. Baselli even jumped up. And Doug and I were laughing. I said, Baselli jumps up now because he knows the GoPro's in there. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> He now knows the, he, he's, the GoPro's in there now. So he's and uh, we got we he's a regular guy we like we got we we just he's a regular guy he laughs about life he's down to earth i mean he's a real guy you know he's as likely to he's as likely to talk about where he and his wife got a good burger the night before as he is to talk about football and that keeps it real and that keeps it 
poised and relaxed for his guys. I mean, he's, he's really like that. And, and, and by the way, Doug Marone was a good guy too. Gus was a great guy. But I think he's all that and a magnificent, magnificent head football coach. You know? And phenomenal play caller. Yeah, yeah and, and phenomenal. Not play just the leadership and all that, building the culture, but also he's calling some insane plays. Had the T formation. We talked about the T formation yeah. today. He goes, it was a T formation. I said, I said Doug, more people now want to call it the wing T because that's what people know. It was not a wing T. The wing T, you got one running back, and then you got two wings who got slot guys. They have two slot guys. This is three guys lined up. He said, "Nope, it was a it was a, it was a T formation play, and it was a uh, and it was designed perfectly." And, and again, Phil Rauscher is the one that said, "Coach, I think this will this will go." Chris Taylor said today he believed that it came from the Penn, Penn a Penn State game in the Rose Bowl, but I don't know what year. I do That's know, I was curious. I do know what they year. ran it this year. This year, yeah. okay, so there you go. Well, someone, it's funny you said that. I didn't know that, but someone tweeted me that Penn State used it this year. So you knew that, too. I didn't know that. Well, just when Press Taylor said okay. it, okay. it kind of reminded me. Gotcha. Okay, okay. and it was a uh, – but it was wonderfully designed, and I can tell you wonderfully blocked. The uh, – you know, one, one part of that play is, is what you expect to have happen is it's sort of an off-right tack, off tackle play, and what you expect to have happen is Zay kicks the – Zay kicks the cornerback out. Jawan pins the, the end in. And there's your hole. Well, the cornerback jumped it. The cornerback jumped inside. So Zay has the presence of mind to bury him inside, and Etienne has the presence of mind to bounce it. So that it, it, and he was explaining that to me today. So, so instead of, isn't it interesting that that, that play? It's fascinating. The way you you think that play is going to go. Zay kicks the corner out. Jawan pins the the end in, and there's your hole. And but the cornerback was smart enough to jump the route or jump the play. And Zay had the presence of mind to uh, – Zay, Zay Jones is a really smart player, by the mm-hmm. way. We were talking, Doug and I have talked about that. I mean, really – his dad was a player, really smart. But he's got the presence of mind to pin him down. ETN, instinctive runner, has the presence of mind to bounce it. And you don't want ETN bouncing on you because he can – no, he gets, he gets that edge. He gets that edge about as fast as anybody I've ever seen. you agree with that? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't even know that the great backs have gotten the edge. When he gets the edge turned – he gets that corner turn, man, and so 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 they they make an adjustment on the fly. Zay pins the guy in. Etn bounces it out, but it was a, it was a wonderful play. I, I am I, I have to right now. I'm not, I don't want to do this yet. I want to get. I want to. I want to think about Kansas City beating Kansas City, going to Cincinnati or Buffalo, beating Cincinnati or Buffalo, and heading to the desert to the land of cacti. I want to go. To, I need. You know what I need in my life? Cacti. That'd be great. You take me to the land of sand and cacti. Mm-hmm. I've had a pretty doggone good February, so, so I'm I'm hoping for the cacti. Yeah, we want to see the camelback here. Yes, in about three. Yes, four weeks. yes. So um, and, but but, so I don't want to go. So I don't want to give. I don't want to go beyond the this week, next week, and the cacti because I love cacti, and I think it's just a freaking great word. But but, when that when it is all over, whether the Jags win them all or win the Super Bowl or whether they lose in one of these next weeks, whatever. When it is over, I'm going to have to pinch myself that this is we ha- is what we have for a while now. You know what I mean? That, that, that this is what we this is what we have for a while. I, I get enthusiastic, excited just talking about it. That this Trevor Doug all thing. And again, let me tip my cap to the GM. People didn't like the GM, but you start now. All of a sudden, you start looking at Zay Jones and Evan Ingram and Christian Kirk and Brandon Sheriff and Foye Aluakon and, and and whoever I'm missing. All of a sudden, all contributing. All, I mean, all. I mean, Christian Kirk, um, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, 
Brandon Sheriff, Foye Luakon. Is there a free agent of note I'm missing? Well, there's guys that are in their second year okay. that he brought in. Okay. Roy Robertson-Harris. Roy Robertson-Harris. And Sean Jenkins. Rayshon Jenkins. That's seven. That's seven. That's Good players. That's I, I'm not. Ta- I'm not talking just really about. Really good. Yeah, I'm talking about seven very good players, good, good, good actors, good characters, really hard work. I mean, that's seven really good players. If you bring in seven really good free agents, you've done a pretty damn good job. Now, I'm not even talking about the draft yet. I'm talking about seven really good free agents in these last two years. Maybe Shaq Griffin wasn't as perfect. Maybe some others, but that's seven really good ones. And uh, I mean, really good. So, so it, the fact that this is going to be the way it is for a while. And you have to add the draft, by the way, to oh, no Tim credit also. Yeah, it has been a good, and, and a good draft Everyone as well. Everyone obviously is acknowledging the free agents. Yeah. My excitement good, very good point. has been, I thought, at its, at its max <laughs> for like a week now. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. each day I wake up, I'm more excited. Me too. It, Me it's, too. it's amazing. <laughs> and this is the beauty of sports. I can't tell you, and I, was, I told Doug this today too, I can't tell you how many places I go when somebody yells out, how good is that? Okay, I can't tell you how many times I'll be driving down the street and I'll see Jaguar hat, Jaguar T-shirt, guy mowing the lawn, guy shopping in Publix, guy, guy, you know, when we pulled up, you and I, Hayes and I pulled up about 220 out here at the same time. You see the guy, the guy standing in the car, we had both the Jaguar T-shirt and hat on, just talking to his buddy. I mean, the minute we walked up, this is just sitting outside of Island Wings here. I just, it's just amazing, you know, it's just amazing how it is, and it's just a, uh, it just, it's it just, very pervasive, it, it, that's it, for very sure. Very pervasive and, and one, wonderfully pervasive. By the way, I did a little bit of research. So Penn State actually used that T formation multiple times this season, including against Ohio State. It worked every single time they used it. Did they it. run a sweep every time? Uh, not necessarily. Uh, but here's the interesting part. The offensive coordinator for Penn State, Mike Yurick, this is where he got the T formation play from. A trip to the Beaver Stadium All Sports Museum when Penn State former coach Rip Engel, there was like a play sheet. He saw it and then adapted it, and this year ran it. Who was the predecessor to Paterno, Rip, I think. So, okay. But I can tell you this. I know when I was sitting in that, in that broadcast booth, I looked up fourth and one, and Baselli and Lagerman, and I said, they're running the T formation. Who does that? Since the 50s. And I, I almost, and then I waited for him to shift out of it. You know, sometimes you'll shift, you'll you'll show something, and you'll he'll back up into the shotgun, and these two guys will run right out, and it'll be a normal look. It was amazing. It was an amazing, what an amazing play call, and what an amazing. It was a twenty-five yard game, by the way. Yeah. You realize that? It was, it, it, they it, needed inches. And the best thing, two good things happened. A, Etn had the presence of mind to stay in bounds. You know, the other really good thing that happened, he didn't score. You didn't want him to score. I mean, you can't say that, and you can't not score. But you didn't. At the end of the day, you didn't want to give him the ball. But it was the kind of game, and we're in an era in college. We're an era in pro football that, for whatever reason, now any amount of time is enough time. Mahomes showed that with the thirteen seconds. Right. Correct. I mean, Brady's done it. Kickers can make them from a hundred yards. Quarterbacks got rifle arms. The clock seems to tick freaking slower than it ever had, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. It's just weird the way it works. So, so you didn't. You wanted him not to score. But and, that big gain was good because it was much better for Riley Patterson's yeah, range. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, no, no, no. That, yeah, because if not, you, you're still, you know. And, and, but it worked out perfectly because they got the two-point conversion. And since they got the two-point conversion, then they didn't need to score the touchdown. It was, and thankfully, Logan Cook didn't get injured when he was tackled. By the way, you are correct. Rip Engel was the coach prior to Joe Paterno. He was there from 1950 to 1965. Yeah, I'll explain the uh, – let me explain the thing about the uh, – 
the umpire grabbing him. I, I, I learned a little bit more about that today, too. We'll have that conversation. It's coming up. Uh, a lot more to talk about. We're going to get to a power poll in a bit, but let's talk more Jaguar-related. But let's talk more uh, Jags and Chiefs when we come back. Stay with us. I believe – so Phil, Phil usually kind of spearheads our run game, uh, game planning. So Phil and then, you know, Todd Washington, Rich Angulo, those guys kind of um, have their hand in all that. We'll, we'll take an idea from anybody. So I believe that was a play that they'd seen Penn State run a couple times. I think in the Rose Bowl maybe Penn State ran that. Um, but, yeah, we will, we will take an idea from anybody anywhere if it's going to get us a first down. And that was a quote from offensive coordinator Press Taylor. And, again, so you understand how the, how the, whole, how the planning on this stuff works. The offensive coordinator builds the game plan. In this case, and usually in most cases, also calls the plays. In in this case, Doug Peterson calls the plays, but and, and certainly has input in the building of the game plan. Obviously, but the the guy charged with building the game plan is the offensive coordinator. He 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 writes the book, you know, and uh, and he he puts it together and, and again with Doug's assistance. And with a lot of input from Trevor too, right? Yeah, input. I would imagine. I've never asked that, but you would think, right? I mean, you would think probably. I, yeah, I would think that. But uh, but he but I like the way we're press calls on Rousher and Angulo and those guys to build the, the running plays, and so but so anyway, it's interesting. I didn't what you said a minute ago. What you looked up about the the Penn State ran the T formation mm-hmm. a bunch. I didn't know that, but someone texted me or tweeted me uh, yesterday or the day before that Penn State ran it a bunch this year. So I, I didn't I had no idea, you know. So I uh, and I had no idea it came from that until today. That it that it came from from that game. So, but um, what what a wonderful what a wonderful play call it is. And I and I can tell you, the way without without giving away stuff I'm not supposed to and I never will, but I see how they practice plays and what they, man, their attention to detail practice matters, man. They're, I mean, they're, the, the plays they practice matter. I, I can tell you, they they it, it matters. And, so, and this group of receivers and and certainly Evan Ingram, not necessarily a blocking tight end, but. They all block really well. That's yeah. something that I think can get overlooked because you're great only paying point. attention to them catching the passes. Yeah, Zay Jones has had a great year as a blocker. Mm-hmm. Evan Ingram, who came here, the book on him. What What were the two things on? Two bad. What were the two negatives? Won't stay healthy and drops. And 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 won't stay healthy and, could, and doesn't block and block well. In order, hasn't missed a game. Uh, I'm knocking on whatever yeah. here. Can't, very few drops, and he has been a really good blocker. That's what I didn't expect. He has been a he's been a very complete tight end. Now look, he's two he's six three two forty, so he can't line up next to the tackle and blow you off the ball on on third and a yard like a like Manhurts who who plays like a two hundred seventy pounder can. But he has been he's been really really good in in that instance. So um, he, by the way, is always first out on the field. Yep. Like, well before anybody else out there catching passes yeah. and all that stuff. And, you know, and he's got this – I heard I heard, I heard Baselli talking about that yesterday on the drill on Monday, talking about the drill he does. Well, what he didn't tell you is he does this drill with, like, tennis balls. Did you know, he does, like, this tennis ball drill. That, and it, it, I mean, he, so he – and I don't know what he's doing, but it's, it's a hand-eye coordination thing. I mean, he works hard, man. He is a hard-working – like I said, I, I again, we've got a whole offseason talking about what they do. But I will bet you everything I've got that if they don't extend him, they will franchise him. We really don't have an off season because the season's going to end, <laughs> and we're going to be like it three does. weeks away from the off season it, it, program. It, it, it's glorious. It, it, it great. I love it. Isn't it great? It, it really is great. Okay. By the way, will Manhurts be back next year? Uh, we don't certainly talk much about Manhurts or I, Luke I, Farrell. I, I can tell you my take on that. There are guys, Manhurts, Jamal Agnew, some guys that have to be that 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 
help the team but don't help them play in and play out that they definitely want back. But if you have to franchise a guy, if you have to do some things you didn't think you'd – sometimes doing what you can to get one guy could cost you another guy. So, the, so that does happen sometimes. So, you know what I mean? So sometimes um, if they franchised Ingram, could it cost you Manhurts? Could it, it could, could it, if you had to if you have to do something you had to get more creative with a free agent could it could it cost you Jamal possibly what I can tell you is they're going to try to keep all they because uh, I can tell you I, I would be learning what I've learned through all this they really and this surprised me a little bit they really want to re-sign Juwan Taylor they want to send the message that they want to get some guys like that to second contracts they haven't been good at that. So it's important to send the message that second contracts matter. They think he's a very good player. They think, obviously, they've already signed an extended cam. And they're overwhelmed with how Walker Little played. I mean, so that's okay to have a bunch of good guys. You know, it's okay. Again, I, I told you about, I'll tell you what I told you the other day. I'm still of the belief that your best five offensive linemen play to start the game, no matter what position they play. You agree with that? I don't think you see that as much at the NFL level. I think it's more specialized. So I, I would be surprised at this point if all three of them are on the 2023 team, and I think they will be. I do too. I'd be surprised if Walker Little isn't the swing tackle. Yeah, yeah. We'll say, we'll say I uh, – and again, Ben Barch is good, and, and Fortner is going to be the center. You know, and right. Brandon Sheriff's going nowhere, so maybe there's right. not a spot for him. So we'll see. We'll see what winds up Is happening. Jamal Agnew the best returner in Jaguars history? Oh, he's got to be. Oh, he's got to be. I'm looking yeah. at yeah. some stats. I mean, Reggie Barlow was very good in the early years, yeah. but he didn't have the burst Jamal does. To me, I don't know what the numbers say. Whoa, whoa. As far as, like, touchdowns, uh, Derek Wimbush has well, – I mean, most people don't have multiple. I guess Mojo has two kick returns. Mojo was a very good returner, but that's not what I'll remember him as. Right. right. Barlow would be the other guy for me. That's what I would think, but Barlow has the big fumble. Yeah, yeah. But uh, – you know, Agnew is he's really good. Huge this season. I mean, he's had yeah. a couple returns to midfield and these comebacks that have been just fantastic. And he's every number one. He's ridiculously fast. He's very fast. He's uh, uh, he's very reliable. He catches it. You know, he's very fast. He's very reliable. Um, yeah, I would be a. Yeah, I'll say the best. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it until you said it. I'd say, I'd say the best, but I, th- I think he is that. So. All right, so please tell me more about this Logan Cook getting assaulted on the field story. Oh, so, so here's what's th- the happening. So apparently there's not been a director from the league, but apparently the word – who was the player that ran in the Green Bay game? The player ran, kind of ran out onto the field or ran, ran. – anyway, they, they, want, they don't want kickers to get the practice kick. There's, even though it has not been, it has not been said, it has not been directed to the teams. The the word to the officials is try and stop the guys from getting the practice kick. Okay. Rasul Douglas. Rasul Douglas. The Rasul Douglas play is the one they're all talking about. Okay. So so they're trying to keep players from getting the practice the practice kick, and the officials are under a directive to try and stop it if they can. Now they're not supposed to go grab a guy. You won't ever see that happen again. They, 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 the the team has addressed that with the officials. But, but one way to do it, if, you, if, you, if that's what you insist on, I, I have a different philosophy. If, if that's what you insist on, then what they should do is put in a rule that it's a penalty. That if you, that if you, if you kick it, 
If you kick, if you if you kick the ball after a timeout has been signaled, it's a five-yard penalty. Okay, delay a game. Well, that would stop it. Okay, if kicking the ball, that would stop it immediately. There'd be no uh, umpire running in. And I guess in college they call it the center judge, but it's the umpire now. The umpire runs in. There'd be no umpire running in to grab the holder. There would be none of that. There would be, and nobody. And by the way, if they made it a delay of game penalty, if you kick it after the timeout has been called, nobody would do it. So that'd be the end of it. I don't want that. In my opinion, that's the rub of the green. If if I am going to try and free, I don't want to think freezing the kicker is dumb anyway. I mean, I, I think I don't like it. Okay, so if I'm gonna in baseball, if I'm going to throw inside, if I'm going to throw inside to get you off the plate, well, I run the risk of putting you on first. That's the risk-reward. If I'm going to throw inside, then I'm going to run the risk of hitting you. Okay? The, if I'm going to try to freeze you with a timeout, I'm going to run the risk of you getting the practice kick. Do you see it that way or no? I do see it that way because I think the freezing the kicker at the last millisecond had its moment 10 years ago where it was really inventive. and I can't, It was probably Belichick that did it first uh, where it was like, oh, wow, he waited until the very final second to freeze him. And for a while, I think kickers didn't really know how to handle that. Right. But this generation of kicker has grown up with right. you get iced the millisecond before you start. So the kickers now all have the mentality of, this kick's going to count. Right. And that, so that's how they approach it. So they're going to go ahead and, and kick it and get the chance to kick it. So I, don't, I completely agree. To me, if it, to, I think if you're a coach now trying to ice a kicker, you should ice the kicker with 15 seconds left Correct. on the play clock. And if you do that, then you don't risk the practice kick. Then you've got no but, chance of them but, doing correct. the practice But I think, if, I, I think the risk-reward, right, if they go through this rule or they keep doing it the way they're doing it now, well, now there's no risk for the coach. Icing it. Well, the, there should always be risk. That's what sports is all about, risk and reward. And you're going to see, I think, a kicker get hurt because kicking is a very fluid motion. Yeah. And if you're trying to stop and start very quickly to avoid potentially a, a penalty or something like that, that's where I think you could see an, an ACL get torn or well, kind I, of a, a hamstring injury or something along those lines. I can lines. tell you in baseball, pitchers are taught. We were all taught, and we teach, when we coach you teach pitchers, if you're in the middle of your windup and that umpire calls time, you throw the pitch. You don't stop and, right. and trip or hurt your arm. You throw the pitch. And everybody and, and the batter and the catcher know that. Everybody knows that. So to your point, same thing. But, again, I think there should be – if I'm going I'm, I'm to risk icing the kicker, if I'm going to time it out, then I should, I should risk – and I think every kicker should get the practice kick. I, 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 I think that's, that's the risk you take. I, I'm shocked this has become such Me an too. issue. I mean, if, if, you know, I, I don't know why the officials care. I, I don't know what – what the big deal is in in no form ever in football have we allowed a timeout to then prevent something and so i i don't know why this is this is preventing it i mean right. to if, me it's like if you don't if, if you're the coach and you don't want them to have the practice kick call your timeout with eight seconds left on the clock or, or call your timeout just as they're starting to get to the line right. but they're not really set they're not ready to snap it and you call your timeout. They're not going to then do a practice kick. Right. So, I mean, but if you're going to wait until the millisecond, they've got to go. Yeah. I mean, they can't, you know, and, and I don't think it's then up to the officials to run in and grab the holder well, you, or you, you, try and grab yeah. the snap. And you and, won't see that again. I, I can tell you that there, will, there was enough made of, of, I mean, he could have hurt Logan Cook. I mean, I mean, Logan Cook's kneeling down. 
If some, if a big man, and the umpire is a pretty good sized guy, if a big man comes and grabs you while you're not expected to be grabbed, and you're in a in a football position, you could get twisted the wrong way. I mean, so I don't think you'll ever see an official put their hands on a player again. I I don't I, I doubt you'll ever see that again. But they but they do have to figure out how they're going to solve it again. One idea would be make it a delay a game penalty if you go through the kick. I don't like that rule, but I, I, again, I say if it, if it's me, I would say you made a great point. If you don't call the timeout with less than 15 seconds, then you risk the practice kick. And if the guy gets a practice kick off, well, too bad. And like, I don't like the penalty idea because then now the kicker's thinking about that. Right. Wait, if they're calling timeout, I can't kick this kick. Like, they shouldn't it. be thinking about that. They yeah. should only be focused on making that kick. Yeah, so, so we'll see. And maybe, like I said, have a certain time. And then, you know, just like when you're inbounding a basketball, uh, you get five seconds to get it inbounds. But if you don't get it inbounds at four seconds, you can't call the timeout. Do you know that? That's what that the rule is. They, the the officials don't give you a timeout after the four. After the four, it's you get the ball in or it's a, or it's, it's a violation. Take a break. Want to do a power pull? You like power pulls? I love them. I love power. Pulls. I love mock drafts. Yeah. I love power pulls. We're gonna do a, we're gonna do a we're gonna do a very timely power pull. I love cacti. Oh, I love cacti. <laughs> now you got me excited about cacti. The land of sand and cacti is where we're headed. Brooks, just so you know. After you eat some Kansas City barbecue. That's exactly right. Uh, back in a moment. This is 10 Tennis Hill on 92.5 FM. Hi, right, welcome back to the program along with Hayes Carline and Lauren Brooks. I'm Frank Frangie, live from Island Wing Company in Bartram, beautiful uh, part of town and a beautiful day today. Gosh, the weather's fantastic. And we always thank our friends from the Kitchen and Flooring Design Center, the place Lauren's had them do it, I've had them do it, our, our home. They've done our floors. They've done our bathrooms they've done our closets they've done it all and they'll do yours as well uh the kitchen and flooring design center on south side boulevard power pole eight quarterbacks still standing the if you had to do a power pole and i mean for right now not what they'll be in 10 years or five years or who you'd rather have in your team down the road if you had to do a power pole of the 10 of the eight quarterbacks give me your power give me one through eight uh, one is Patrick Mahomes, two Trevor Lawrence, three Joe Burrow, four Josh Allen, five Jalen Hurts, six Dak Prescott, seven Daniel Jones, eight Brock Purdy. How about it, Brooks? That was very fast. Well done. Uh, I agree with Mahomes, and then I will actually go Joe Burrow for the here and now. Not quarterback I'll have for forever, but just for the here and now, I'll take Joe Burrow, then Josh Allen, then Trevor Lawrence, then Jalen Hurts. Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, Brock Purdy. Okay. We all we all three are going to have Dak, Jones, and Purdy, six, seven, and eight in that order. Okay, so we, we all have that order. I got Trevor fifth in my list if it was for today. I go Mahomes one, Josh Allen two, Burrow three, Hurts four. I wanted to stick Trevor in that top four, but for me, for a game that's going to be played this weekend – the amount of experience those guys had, the kind of year Jalen Hurts is having, it would be hard for me to put Trevor ahead of those guys. So for me, it's Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Hurts, Trevor, Dak, Daniel Jones, Brock Purdy. Why do you have Trevor so high? Because I think what he did Saturday night was remarkable and really undefinable, um, and I think it – it makes him so dangerous to be able to engineer a comeback like that. I, again, I, I just think that it's going to send him into a different stratosphere. When you, when you have a performance like that at 23 years old, I think it vaults you to your next level of greatness. I think that's what we're getting ready to see with Trevor Lawrence. And in that, 
I think he's going to eclipse Josh Allen and Joe Burrow in the present. Uh, I don't think he's going to eclipse Mahomes in the present. Uh, but I, I think that day could come. But I, that day is not going to be uh, this season. And I, depend, no matter what happens uh, the rest of the way in the tournament, I think it would be difficult to say that. But I think right now, what he did the other night, I'm not, I'm not sure anyone else in the league could do. I mean, it, it was unbelievable to have that kind of mental toughness after that start and to come back and play as flawlessly as he played in his playoff debut. There's just, to me, there's something special about him. He has the it factor times a million, and I just, it, it'd be hard for me to take anybody over him. Uh, but Mahomes is the only one right now for me that for today I'd have to take Mahomes. And you know what's interesting, Frank? Trevor Lawrence and Jalen Hurts have the exact same amount of playoff experience. Right. But Trevor has won a game. Jalen Hurts has lost a game. Interesting stuff. Gibby, if you had to do a power poll of the eight quarterbacks still playing, uh, how would you line them up? I would go Mahomes one, Josh Allen two, uh, Joe Burrow three, uh, Trevor four, Hurts, uh, Dak, Jones, and Purdy. Okay, so so, so we all agree on Dak. So so we just – we kind of have – here's what's interesting on our list. We all have Mahomes first. We all have Dak, Jones, and Purdy, 6, 7, and 8. We have Trevor second, fourth, fifth. And where would you have him, Lauren, third? Where would you have him? Fourth. I had, I had fifth. So we had second, fourth, fourth, fifth. Is that what, I, think it's, I think it's second, fourth, fourth, fifth is what we have. So um, now I'll say this. Let me do this next year. You know, I, I think uh, – I don't know that, that Mahomes is going to get passed in my mind yet, but uh, but again, we'll, we'll again I, and again, I got Trevor fifth on a really good list, but I because uh, Mahomes and Allen, Joe Burrow, I can't tell you right now that I think Trevor Lawrence will be a better player this weekend than Joe Burrow. I, I just I can't I can't get there yet. Well, and certainly they have completely different offensive lines. The Bengals' offensive line was so banged up that that was a big problem against the Ravens. The reason yeah. I went Burrow second and then Josh Allen is Burrow's been to a Super Bowl. Mahomes right. obviously has won right. one. That's why he's won on right. all of ours. But Burrow has the experience more than any other guy. And in a power poll, it's not how accomplished they are, but what that accomplishment means for this weekend. You think that because Burrow's played in that, Correct. he's more likely to be able to play well. Yeah, me too. The, the reason... He's won an AFC championship. I do not think Joe Burrow will be a better player than Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor, in my mind, Trevor Lawrence will be will will pass Joe. Joe Burrow's a good player now. You know I mean, but I think Joe, I think Trevor Lawrence will pass him as good a player as he is. Can we get some of these AFC quarterbacks to the NFC, yeah, please? Right, right. Between yeah. Allen, Mahomes, yeah. Burrow. So, uh, I mean, no chance. Obviously, yeah, Justin yeah. Herbert. We don't have to yeah. worry about it. No, unfortunately, that looked like anyone's going to trade one of them. So <laughs> no. But I, but I do think a girl that. can dream. Can I think do, we uh, will see Trevor's touchdowns totals go up but that's what I would like to see Trevor 25 this year in the regular season I mean Burrow 34 and 35 the last two years yeah, yeah. and I think they'll go up too remember season started a little slower if you if you compared and I don't have this Gibby but if you compare Joe Burrow's last seven games to Trevor's last seven games or for that matter anybody else's last seven games I'll bet you touched uh, he may be he may be He's right there with all of them. With all of them. Yeah, with yeah, all yeah. of them. I mean, Pat, Patrick Mahomes threw 41, so he might not be quite there, but he's there with the rest of that group. Yeah, he, he, I think he's the last. I think over the stretch he is right there with Even, even with Mahomes. Mahomes. Even Mahomes. Yeah. But to your point, Mahomes might have thrown five in week one. Right. And right. it took Trevor some time to, right. you know, kind of elevate his play. What Trevor has become. And look at those receivers Joe Burrow has. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. But what Trevor has become after what he went through last year, 
what this team went through last year, being only a second year in the league, having to learn a new system, all new coaches, really all new receivers other than Marvin Jones Jr., I mean, all receivers of significance. A new running back. I mean, didn't have ETN last year. What he a new the, center. A new center. Of all the stuff, new center, all new receivers for the most part, other than Marvin Jones Jr. New running back, new running backs. Brand new coach, brand new, new, tight, new, end. new tight end, brand new coach, brand new play caller, brand new system. To to to, to have to go through all of that, and to be what he became in the second half of the season. It's, it's, honest to God, it's truly remarkable. I, and and that's, not just, that's not just being Homer guy. I mean, it's what, what, to do that and turn into this is truly remarkable. I mean, truly re- remarkable. Right. All the guys we're talking about have, in the NFL have not had to learn a new system. Right. Burrow's been in the same place with the same coaches. Obviously, Everybody Mahomes has. Obviously, Josh Allen has. Great point. So they haven't had to learn new systems. The, the, eight of, the other seven guys that we talked about, and, and I think as this list grows, as, as we move on, I think Daniel Jones is going to move up on this list. I think he's today's quarterback. He's got a great coach. Um, he's a great kid, great athlete. He may be as good an athlete as there is on this list. Great runner, big arm. Um, in a weird sort of way, it seems to me, and I may be wrong about this, but Burrow, Hurts, Trevor, Dak. Burrow, Hurts, Trevor, Dak, all played in the all played in the SEC, or, or or Trevor played in the ACC against a lot of really good teams. Patrick Mahomes needed time because I think he played in, a, in that in that Big Twelve where they threw it all over the place. Josh Allen's from Wyoming. Uh, Brock Purdy played in the Big Twelve. Um, Daniel Jones, even though he played in the same league, Trevor Lawrence did it was different. He, he their big games were North Carolina and Wake. Trevor's big games were LSU and Alabama playing for a national championship. You know, that's it's a different world you're in. It just is a different world. So, um, so you're entitled a little time to, to but I'll keep an eye on. Okay, I'm interested to see what Daniel Jones becomes because no one's talking about him. You know that everyone's talking about Brock Purdy because of the story. Everyone's talking about Trevor because of the story. Nobody's talking about Daniel Jones. I, how how good can he be? I think it's it's an interesting case study because the Giants sort of have to start making big decisions on Daniel Jones and, you know, where are they going to be with that? You can't let him go. I mean, you've certainly, oh. the, with the improvement that he made this year, you've got to find a way to, to keep him. Um, I, I think that's going to be really interesting. Does New York this offseason sign him to a, a big extension and maybe pay him a, a – contract that's going to be surprising to maybe the nation but something that they'll justify by saying we've seen the growth and we believe that you know his best football is still ahead of him uh, or do they want to see it another year before they fully invest in him but you know Daniel Jones is at the tipping point where the organization's going to have to make a call and it's going to be a, a monumental one for the uh, uh, long-term plans for the Giants. Yeah, I think, I mean, 15 touchdowns, five picks this season, certainly those aren't statistics that if you're thinking long-term deal, you necessarily are that excited about. But if they do feel like he's developing, then and certainly the mobility is, is a key st- thing. I think nationally people are talking about Daniel Jones because he plays in New York and the Giants are able to upset the Vikings. But, yeah, certainly here we're not focused on that team. Yeah, but, it, but it's, really inter- it's really interesting. 15-5, and five, only 15 touchdown passes for a guy that started 16 games 
isn't a lot. What did he run for? But, but, he, but I was just going to say, he's a, is a, is a rusher. He ran for 700 yards. And so, an average And how six, many touchdowns? And, uh, hang on. He ran for seven touchdowns. So, so he, ran, he was 22 touchdowns accounted yeah, for, yeah, which yeah. makes it a little bit yeah, better. Yeah, so, but, but I think he's going to – but I think that's who he's going to be. I think there's some Lamar in there. I think, I think there's some similarities between, between what Lamar Jackson is and what Daniel Jones is. Um, good quarterbacks get their teams to the playoffs, very athletic guys, but may throw fewer touchdowns than others and may run for more touchdowns than others. And I think the league's going there a little bit. Don't you sense there's some of that going on? I do, and the other thing I would say in support of Daniel Jones is who is he throwing to? You know, they took a receiver in the first round last year that they had to run out of town and right. trade to Kansas City and Kadarius Toney. What, what, kind of, what kind of player is, is Daniel Jones throwing the ball to in New York? It doesn't seem like. I mean, he's got Saquon, and that's great. That takes a lot of pressure off, and Saquon can help in the in the passing game as well. The top receivers against the Vikings: Isaiah Hodgins and Darius Slayton. Yeah, I mean that's just not even the third remotely, best receiver, Barkley. I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's not even close to being no. a, a competent group that you can produce big numbers with. Jalen Hurts threw twenty-two touchdowns. I mean, that's twenty less than Patrick Mahomes. You talk about the two number one seeds. And he, he also missed a few games. He started 15 games. He but started, I think he ran for, like, what, 12 touchdowns? Yeah. It felt like he yeah. ran for one or two almost every week. Yeah, he, uh, but you're right. You're right. Because Vinci started all those games, didn't they? So he did. Let me find his rushing stats. But, again, that, that, that's kind of where I was going with that. He rushed for 760 yards. Okay, so he, he, uh, so, so he, so think about that. And so how he, many touchdowns for Hurts on the ground? He rushed for, hang on, hang on. Why can't I find this? Rushing, 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 rushing. I see 13. That, that's 13. That's right. what, yeah. 13 touchdowns. I mean, that's a ton. That is that's a lot of rushing touchdowns, yeah. So, so the point is there's different ways to do it. That's the bottom line. Lamar Jackson kind of built the template of today's quarterback that sometimes you can run it. And Daniel Jones has followed that template. And Jalen Hurts has followed that template. And, and whereas other guys, they're more pass-centric. So it's going to be very, very interesting. I, I will tell you this. I am um, – it is going to be, obviously for us because we have a team in it, it's going to be a fun four-game weekend, isn't it? I mean, it's, I mean, it's a really fun four, one of the best weekends in sports where all these teams get together. So, If the Jaguars win, y'all are in Kansas City. Are you locking into Giants-Eagles or are you just celebrating? And I mean, Hayes, I guess you'll be working some. Is it, I'll be on a plane. It's on right after. It's 8-15. Yeah. That's yeah. You'll be, be on the plane. I, don't, I might see the second half. But I'll, but I'll be on a plane watching. Okay. I mean, I'll be on. I mean, I'll, first thing, I mean, we'll. That game's going to end at 8 o'clock Eastern. It'll be 7 o'clock there, but 8 o'clock Eastern. Honestly, our charter will probably be wheels up at 10, 10, 15, which will be what? Uh, or late, late first half probably, mm-hmm. early second half. Yeah, I'll watch. I'll, the rest of the way I'll watch it. I can promise you I'll do that. So take a break. Talk some hoops and a whole lot more. This is 1010XL 92.5 FM. It's been all Jaguars talk up until now, and we'll get back to that uh, momentarily. Let's talk about some other things, college basketball. We touched on the Keontae Johnson thing at the top. Let's go back to it. Keontae Johnson, for people that don't know, was a Florida basketball player, collapsed in a game against Florida State early in the year a few years back. Um, It was a cardiac issue. I'm not sure I ever know exactly what it was, but it was a cardiac issue. Was it myocarditis? There's some belief it might have been. I don't want to talk out of turn, but it was something heart-related. They weren't sure he would ever be cleared to play again. He was a student assistant, coached for a few years for the team, finally got cleared. Kansas State cleared him. 
and he's one of the best players in college basketball. I think it's one of the best stories of the year in sports. It doesn't get a lot of attention right now, number one, because it's football season. Number two, because it's Kansas State. But I think when football season is over, when the Super Bowl's been played, and when people really don't pay a lot of attention to college basketball anyway until we get closer to the tournament, I think it'll be, it'll be one of the most amazing stories. You know, hard issues have walloped us in college basketball. Hank Gathers, uh, there, there's still not a time that college, there's still college basketball people that don't ever forget that story. But I, but I, uh, I think this Keontae Johnson story is going to be just an enormous story that people are going to be talking about for a long time. He's going to be the face of the first weekend of March Madness. I mean, because you, Kansas State's going to make the tournament. Uh, right now they'd probably be somewhere between a three and a four seed. Uh, so they're going to be in. And uh, I think every uh, network, every outlet that's going to be covering the NCAA tournament is going to make Keontae Johnson a priority in terms of telling his story. So. Uh, I, I agree with you. If you're a diehard college basketball fan, obviously you, you're aware of it already in the sensational year that he's having for Kansas State, leading them to a overtime victory last night over Kansas. Uh, he's playing fantastic. But it's as long as he stays healthy, I mean, he is going to be the star of the opening weekend. And if Kansas State plays well and advances to the Sweet 16, uh, he will be one of the the biggest stories in all of college sports in 2023 totally agree and I think he should be as well uh from reading the family obviously never announced what his diagnosis was so right. yes a lot of people believe myocarditis but we don't know in, until and, and I don't they know I shouldn't have thrown it out there yeah. no no, no it, it was, we know for sure it was cardiac though because it was a cardiologist who just happened to be at the game who saved his life right his freshman year Keontae Johnson averaged eight points his sophomore year 14 points and he was averaging 16 points when in just the fourth game he collapsed now he's averaging 18.7 so to Hayes's point early in the show Keontae Johnson is playing better basketball than even before that incident happened and I could not be happier for him and for his family. I can tell you people in that program, Chris Harry among them, but even people even closer, thought he was going to have an enormous season. There's a reason you're the preseason league player of the year because the word is out that you're headed for a 21-11 and 11 season. You know, And so, and, and, he, and he got off to a great start. They were up, they were up 11-3 to 3 in that game against FSU and looked like the best Florida team we'd seen in years, and then boom. He had just dunked, right? He had just dunked on yeah. alley-oop, I think. So, alley-oop, yeah. And which so, he got to do last night, which was fun to watch. To win the game. Yeah. yeah. But I just think he's – I mean, I, I think we're talking about it now because I think you're right, Hayes. I think so many people are going to be talking about this, and I think he's an NBA player, and I think he's, he is today's NBA guy. I mean, he's 6'6", 230 now. I mean, he's a, he a big-body guy, incredible vertical leap. He's a good outside shooter. He's a three-point shooter. I mean, that – Today's NBA guy, man, and it is a great story. I was, I mean, I, I will, I was rooting hard for them last night. I found myself, I, I found myself. I mean, it was, I mean, were you like that or no? Oh yeah, absolutely. I started watching when we were doing the show, and uh, Kansas State was up, I think, by almost ten points at that point in time, early in the game. And I thought, wow, they may cruise with this victory. Then ended up going to overtime, and uh, certainly cheering for Kansas State. Look, Keontae Johnson, if you're an NBA coach or front office person. You have to know that this is going to be the hardest worker you'll ever have on your basketball team. Because not only did he have to work so hard to be even become a good college basketball player, but then he wasn't even able to play basketball for that long, and yet he maintained his shape, and now obviously he's in tremendous basketball shape. You will not have a harder worker on your team. So Florida plays at Texas A&M tonight. They've lost, they lost to A&M. A&M played Florida. They, did, they looked like an average team. They were 6-5 and five or somewhere thereabouts. 
A&M has gone on. They're now 4-0 and in the league. Have you seen this? Mm-hmm. They're 12-5 overall. They're in second place in the league to only Alabama. And ahead of Tennessee and Auburn and Georgia is 3-2. and Florida's 3-2. and So, and I still, I'll stand my ground because I'm not going to back off it now, that I still don't think, I think Florida has only their second sub-500 SEC season in the last 25 years. I think they're going to be sub-500. But, in fairness, He's got them playing pretty well. They're ten and seven overall. They're three and two. They've won three in a row. This is a gigantic game at A and M tonight because it's a team that's ahead of them. If they get to four and two in the league, eleven and seven overall, but it is what it is. But if they get to four and two in the league, quietly, nobody cares about college basketball right now. I'm not even sure how much I care about it right now. But that would be an enormous step for them winning that game tonight. If they can find a way to win in College Station. It would be, and this is one that come Selection Sunday could be pivotal because Lenardi, when you look at his projection right now, he's got Texas A&M next four out. Uh, he's got Florida. He's moved Florida back a little bit. He had Florida in the next four out. He's moved them down to what he calls considering. Um, so basically this is two bubble teams going at it right now in terms of where, and we're very early in this, but uh, but this would be a, a – I think it'd be a quad one. You're on the road. It, it would be quad uh, one. So I, I think it would be a quad one win, which they're 0-6 right now in, uh, the Gators. Uh, and I, I felt like we watched that Texas A&M game together. Uh, and the first, I mean, it, it was Florida played about as bad as you can play. And it, you got the feel watching it that night. It was just two bad teams. But Florida hasn't lost since that game. And A&M hasn't lost since a couple a week before they even beat Florida the first time. So two very hot teams. I think it's going to be tough for Florida tonight. Uh, I have com- I, I have confidence in where the program is going and and I do think this season can still be a a fine season considering what the expectation should be for him in year 1. Uh, but I think tonight's tough. If Florida gets this one, I would be a little surprised. What's crazy about Texas A&M The last loss, like you mentioned, was December 20th to Wofford. So we thought, okay, they're not a good program. But Florida also lost to FAU. I don't know much about Wofford. FAU is now, in some people's ideas, a top 25-ranked team. 16-1, Right, and so you think at the time, oh, it's this awful loss. Again, I don't know much about Wofford. But Texas A&M has obviously played a lot better. Uh, Wade Taylor was the guard that played really well against Florida the first time and is playing very well. That's a guy that Florida has to figure out how to cover. Here's the problem. Uh, A&M, at A&M tonight. Let me give you the schedule. Yeah, Saturday, it's sa- got to be getting ready to, <laughs> to well, get brutal. At, a- at A&M tonight, at Mississippi State, who's yeah. very good. They've been ranked. You got a home game against South Carolina who beat Kentucky. You ready for this? You ready for the four in a row starting starting next Wednesday? Yep. Or two. No, that's, that's not correct. Starting starting a week from Saturday. Let me, give you the, let me give you the four in a row starting a week from Saturday. At Kansas State, not winning that game. No. Home against number nine, Tennessee. Could win that game. Loss. Loss. At Kentucky. Loss. At Alabama. Loss. Ranked fourth. Yeah. So Kentucky at, beat Tennessee. Floor, at Tennessee. Florida could beat Tennessee. At, 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 can, at Kansas State. <laughs> home against Tennessee. At Kentucky. At Alabama. How about that? Yeah. That's 0-4. Yeah. So, so barring something I mean, really logi- logic would say that's almost certainly. Certainly. Yeah. So you could upset somebody. But logic would say, so you're three and two now in the league. You're, you're ten and seven, three and two. If you lose tonight, you're ten and eight, three and three. You're at Mississippi State, South Carolina, and then that four game gauntlet. So it's tough sledding for sure. 
That is tough sledding. I mean, that, that is a, uh, that's about as brutal a four-game stretch as you could have. Uh, Kentucky looks like they might be finding something. They had a great second half last night against Georgia. They were down, I think, 10 at the half. And then Kentucky outscored Georgia, I think, 51-29 to 29 in the second half. Schwebway had, like, it was something ridiculous, like right. 37 points and 24 rebounds. Florida's not That's going correct. into Kentucky and winning, even though they've been struggling. That's not going to happen. And, and if, if at Kentucky is your maybe most winnable of right. the four, in that, you're in trouble. No, I'm you telling know. you, Tennessee at home is the most winnable. You think so, huh? Yeah. If Kentucky's not that good. Yes, Sweebway, Sweebway, I can never say, pronounce his name. Uh, he is really good, but I, the rest of Kentucky's not that good. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, and then Tennessee, I don't think Tennessee has a stud on their team. Yeah, so uh, – I think Tennessee's really good. I think ten, I think Tennessee might be a Final Four team, so we'll see. And I think Alabama might be a Final Four team, so we'll see. Oh, we'll take a break. Uh, we got a lot more to do. We're live at Island Wing Company on a Kitchen and Flooring Design Center Wednesday. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Frazier Show live here at Island Wing Company at Bartram Park on a Kitchen and Flooring Design Center Wednesday. I know a lot of the music that both of you like. I really like J.J. Gray. Either of you big fans? I I. I, I I met him one time with you, yep. but I don't know his music very well. Okay. But everybody has high, very oh, uh, he's fantastic. good things to say about him. JJ Gray and Mofo are so yeah. good. Gibby, are you feeling generous? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right, let's give away a pair of tickets to J.J. Gray's Blackwater Soul Review, including Brothers of a Feather. That comes up April 14th at the St. Augustine Amphitheater, one of my favorite venues to go to. Be caller number two right now at 641-1010, and you will win that pair of tickets. Caller number two at 641-1010. He's got a lot of songs, like one song that I love called Loch Lusa, yeah. and it's about the Lake Loch Lusa right there as you're uh, traveling to, say, Tampa or wherever. It, I, I love J.J. Gray. Yeah, I, and he's I heard, great in person, too. You're nothing, nothing but good, so that's awesome. He's one of my watches. I don't know. I thought I know, but I don't. What are we watching? It's uh, Take On Me by AHA. Uh, okay, is that what yeah, that is? One okay. of the greatest music videos of all time the uh the king of videos hayes carline you know and a great song yeah I, I could i thought i'd recognize it, but i didn't this is the video where the girls in the restaurant reading the comic book right the comic book comes comic, alive right the lead singer of aha pulls her into the comic book and then some bandits try to attack them and it's uh it's a fantastic three minutes <laughs> love you some well, well how would you all get into the video thing uh, I think one day I stumbled upon MTV and I never <laughs> left my house for seven years. <laughs> <laughs> I loved I loved the video age. Again, it wasn't my my formative years like it was yours, but it was my single years. I was single twenty something. I, I loved I loved that age. I mean, I loved I loved the, when you do all the all the music videos. I thought it was the coolest thing ever because all these bands that I had followed. I don't care if it was Springsteen or Chicago. All of a sudden, started doing videos. Billy Joel. Mm-hmm. You know, Billy Joel's doing. He's he's crawling under a car in the Uptown Girl video. Yeah. The same guy that we knew from from Turnstiles and The Stranger. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I thought it was a cool cool era. When I was in high school, MTV Spring Break came out, and that was appointment viewing. Yeah. As sad as I am to say that. Um, tell me about Bucky's. Why? why so, am I the only guy that's ever been to Bucky's? Well, I'm very late to the party on this, I, I, but I've I can, never been, I've never been to Bucky's. I been can't to Bucky's? illuminate you. I'm no longer a rookie. Okay, it's I've fantastic. Been, yes, okay. I've been before. It's gigantic. Tell me, what, I need to know what it is. It's a gas station. It's a, it looks like a convenience store. It's a convenience the size store. of Sam's. That's what it is. Okay, uh, but everything in there is great. Uh, they, I mean, from like the barbecue sandwiches to uh, you can like. How you can buy like stuff to decorate your house with. Okay. And you go in their bathrooms and you think you're in like 
some fancy New York hotel. Their bathrooms are like ridiculously so you go there immaculate. For the ba- you got to go there for the bathroom. Okay. You go there for everything. Everything in there <laughs> is fantastic. I mean, they've got it, like and honestly. One, and I think it's right here. There's one right out here. Yeah, there's one that they built at World Golf Village. Right. Probably two years ago. And see, I'd never been in one. So, yeah, I had a lot of friends that were really excited about it. Then friends that went in and didn't really – and then were like, oh, my God, you've got to and, – and I was just always like, well, why would I go because I don't really go into that neighborhood all that right. often. And, yeah. and and I would associate it with, and I need gas. Right. Um, and then we were coming back uh, – my wife, Jean, and I were coming back from uh, – oh, we took the kids to Typhoon Lagoon. Okay. In the summer, and we were coming back, and there's one in Daytona, so we actually stopped at that one, and we were blown away <laughs> by how awesome it was. Yeah. And so we get the sandwiches, and they're fantastic, and uh, and so then we went to the World Golf one just to go right to see it, <laughs> and it was amazing too. Okay. So uh, yeah, I'm, we're big fans. Yeah, and, and I hear everyone talking about it, and I'm very late to the party. I get gas at Dailies. That's what I do. Okay, I'm a Dailies customer, and gas is good. I go in there, put the pump in. I enjoy it. It's an enjoyable experience. I put the pump back away and then get in my car and drive. And if I, my wife loves icy, so I may go get her an icy. But it's not, and, and if I want chips, I'll go in there and get the chips. And Dailies has great sandwiches, so I love everything about Dailies. Um, and they're a client, and they're, they're friends. But, I mean, and I love my friend Aubrey Edge, who owns the Dailies, one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. And that's why I'm a longtime Dailies client, customer. But it's not a religious experience. It seems like Bucky's is a religious experience because it's big. I like to go to Costco. I mean, Costco's cheap. Suzanne and I make Costco. Everyone makes Costco runs, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You, gotta, you make Costco runs. We don't, no. But it's, not a, but it's not a religious experience. But Bucky's seems like it's like this religious experience. Everyone talks about it. Yeah, Wawa was kind of like that for a Wawa while before was like Wawa that. came call. to Jacksonville. And I remember being like, what in the world? And I certainly understand why people love it. But t- this haze is what shocked me. So, obviously, walking the dog around the neighborhood uh, every day, people had Bucky's, like, inflatable Christmas decorations. Like, the Bucky's mascot was in multiple people's yards this Christmas. And I thought, okay, we may have taken this a little too far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's great. But, I mean, I, mean, I just I got to go in one at some point. Yeah, I, you like really I said, should. I did it. You they should. have a lot of, just like, beef jerk, special beef jerky. San, San Augustine, I, mean, I think Golf's World Golf is the closest one okay. to us, yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I would I would go in, get, you know, go hungry, get a barbecue sandwich. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. The beef yeah. jerky and, is and really check good. check it out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, got, I, got, I got buddies texting me now how good their barbecue is. I'm sure it's good. Yeah. But I'm kind of a Bono's guy. I'm kind of a daily slash Bono's guy. Bucky's isn't for you. No, I mean, I'm, <laughs> but, but, I'm gonna go, but I want to go try it out because I'm now – They've got me curious now that this religious experience of walking into a Bucky's. Well, and again, it's not like the, the, I've, I've literally been in there twice. <laughs> I mean, it's great, <laughs> but yeah, I, like I think you. It's not, to me, it's not something I would like rearrange or plan out my okay. day. Okay, and you know, but clearly to, some people do. But uh, yeah, and, and, so, and I get that. But so I, my my what I'm saying to you is, you should go so you can experience yeah. having gone in it. So, so but I don't think it's going to all of a sudden you're going to be going to World Golf Village four times a week. Okay, Bucky's so. web home website says potty like a rock star. Well, there's that. <laughs> so, so, well, who knew? Yeah, so, I mean, billboards so, are so, creative. So, so, should I, so you're saying I shouldn't go to Suzanne and go, I'll tell you what, Friday night, season's over, uh, Aqua Grill, Ruth's, Bucky's. 
He's probably not in the same conversation, no? Yeah, I mean, it would be to that, huh? that, that's before that's, you guys that's, go that's, see a movie. Yeah. This is what you need to do. Okay. I, 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 look, I'm coachable. Guys, I am, love I going to movies. So yeah. there's a great movie theater right over here. Okay. Uh, that's got all the fancy stuff. Yeah, okay. So, love fancy stuff. So on a Saturday after the season's over, all right, okay. sometime in late February. Love it. You know, go to Bucky's first. Okay. You know, get something to eat. Just kind of walk. Give yourself a good, like, 20 minutes. That's darn right so I will. Kind I'm, of I'm not shortchanging Bucky's. And absorb it. And then go see a movie over here and then go home. Okay. You know what? Done. Yeah. Okay. Because I can tell you this, Brooks, if he thinks I'm going to shortchange my time in Bucky's, like I'm going to race through there, you need, you need time in Bucky's. When did you go to Bucky's? I've been on a road trip at some point in time. Oh, not to this one in, in, in Not World, World Golf. Golf. I think it was Daytona that I've been to. Okay, there you go. I, some people are just obsessed. Like, they will no, post I, every time they go, and I, I, mean, I, I, I fully I, support and their I just habit. Did, I just didn't know what the, thing, what the thing was. I can tell you, I had never been to a Wawa's. Remember when, when Alyssa Lang used to work here? Yes. When Alyssa worked at First Coast News? She loved on, Wawa's. She, she'd come on the show a lot, so she would always talk about Wawa's. So I asked her, I said, dude, what's the thing? She goes, oh, Frank, you got to go. I'm like, well, listen, I, w- I, w- I will go. Um, but, again, I, I, I go to Daly's, and, mm-hmm. and he, she goes, well, you got to go to Wawa's. So you got to go to Wawa's. And it's, Wawa's is fine. I have no, no, nothing negative to say about Wawa's. Yeah. But it's correct. Not, I go to Daly's. Yeah. Th- I'm a Daly's be, guy. This will be a little – just the scale of Bucky's yeah. is what will, I think, be different. Well, I, Cracker Barrel, I hadn't by the way. Been, Cracker Barrel yeah. and Bucky's, like – Similar thing, like right. lots of I, different yeah. things you don't I, see in any other store. I love Cracker Barrel. Right. You, t- you take me to the barrel like on I a Saturday think, morning, I think forget that about it. You would be similarly happy in Bucky's the way you would be in Cracker okay. Barrel. Right. I hadn't been to a Wawa until about two weeks ago. Oh, ever. wow. I had never been in one. And uh, G and I were out. We went in, and, uh, and so she buys this pretzel just at the counter. And, uh, you know, okay, okay, whatever, yeah. And you want to buy this pretzel. I, mean, that's, I, I guess. I like pretzels. Sure, I'll have a pretzel. <laughs> it's like the greatest pretzel I've ever had in my life. Like, I've gone back and I have them now in my freezer. I mean, they're unbelievable. So I will give Wawa tons of credit. Uh, for. And I, I haven't had the chance. You know, they've got it. You can order, like, yeah. breakfast yeah. stuff. And I've never ordered a sandwich or anything like that. But I hear they're great. Um, but, yeah, I was very impressed with both establishments. Let I've had d- breakfast sandwiches from Wawa. They are very good. Let me just say this. Since we started this, I've had seven texts. <laughs> My one buddy says, Bucky's don't do it. Another, bu- <laughs> another, an- another buddy says, best brisket sandwiches on the planet. Wow. Another buddy, uh, one of my buddies that, that I grew up with, we all went to elementary school together, and we get together like once a month and hang out. My, bu- my buddy who sets it all up, Mark, says, we're going to Bucky's next time. <laughs> uh, Smitter says. You'll lose man, each other in the store. Be my, careful. My man Smitter just said, you got to get a car wash at Bucky's. It's a tourist attraction all its own. Listen, <laughs> see, I didn't even know anything about so, that. This has been the, the enlightening. I mean, it's very edifying, is what this has been. Yeah. So, so thank you very much for all the uh, all the Bucky's Bucky's. There it is. Second break. Jags and Chiefs coming up on Saturday. How do you beat the Chiefs? Let's take a break. Everyone's beatable, but how do you beat? Yeah, them? They're not unbeatable. Right. No one's unbeatable, but how do you beat them? We'll talk about it after this. All right. How do you beat the Chiefs? We're going to get to it in a minute. First, though, we do have a Bucky's update. Um, Corey tweets us, there's too much going on there for me. I get overwhelmed and eventually annoyed. When I get to a gas station, I need gas and maybe a drink. Okay, um, It's a Brent zoo sa- in there. <laughs> I believe it. Brent says, there's a Costco right across from it, so just go in there. I can do both. Okay, That, that, is, that on, is true. That is, that is, uh, that is on Twitter. Um, buddies continue to text me. Um, our, my buddy Matt Hayes says, uh, the bathrooms are futuristic. Okay, 
okay. know that I'd go that far. Hey, hang on. Uh, uh, hang on. Is trust me. They haven't figured okay. out anything okay. that the rest of us don't. Their future is already know okay. or do. Is Dem- time travel? Yeah, Dem- yeah, Demetrius not to what be out. What are these shells? De- Demetrius not to be outdone by Smitter said it's like a theme park. Okay, so I got team. I got team. Wow. T- I got team TU weighing in. I got yep. team Ten Ten XL weighing in. Yep. You know, I, I expect ESPN and NFL Network to be weighing in any minute now. So, Momentarily. Uh, so uh, all my buddies are texting me. That is awesome, awesome stuff. So sounds like you should drive there. Well, I gotta go at some point tonight. now. I mean, I go tonight. I gotta go at some point now. I mean, don't I? Ca- I gotta owe it to myself to go in now. Don't yes. you think? I hope it lives up to your expectations, especially the bathroom. So thank you, Maddie. <laughs> thank you, Demetrius. Thank you, Smitter. I'm a little upset. Frenny hadn't weighed in. I mean, I mean, for, I mean, Frenny. You Frenny, think he's been to Bucky's? Frenny's had to have been to a Bucky's, hasn't he? I highly doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, you think Does his Tesla not? take Boy, him to Bucky's? Yeah. No. Okay. So. I'm a. No, you're gonna pass. I'm gonna sit this. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. You sit it out. I hear Teslas get to Bucky's very fast. Okay. So there, there's that. Um. So there you go. Uh, the Chiefs and the Jags coming up on Saturday. How do you beat the Chiefs? Uh, Travis Etienne carries the ball for over 100 yards. and Hold the ball, run the ball, hold yep, the ball. Yep, run the ball, limit the Chiefs' possessions. And also you want to make sure that Isaac, Isaiah Pacheco doesn't go off either. When the Chiefs run the ball well, good luck. Uh, th- they are dangerous when they're running the ball well. I think Pacheco's really good. I, I know I know Edward Zolaire is off, is, is, is active IR, now, yeah. but uh, he's, back, uh, he's back active, right? But, uh, but I, I think – Pacheco worries me more than Edward Zolaire, particularly when Edward Zolaire's been out, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's had a really nice year, uh, the rookie. And, you know, I think when you, when you look at uh, what he's been able to do averaging 4.9 yards a carry, I think he can be very effective. But having said that, I'd, I'd let him try and run for 200. I mean, you know, I, I, I would not even remotely try to defend the run. Uh, the, the, Chiefs are, the Chiefs are odd. It, it's almost like... They run because you can't just justify throwing it every single down. But it's like even if it's effective, they're not going to just decide to only throw it 15 times with Mahomes because the ground game's working so well. So it's, it's almost like it's there to try to maintain some balance, but it's not there to see, okay, can we just pound them no, all it's there to game run the clock. long right, right. with the ground game? So. I mean, I, I, you hate to say it because you never want to just basically say, well, we'll give you whatever you want. We're going to give you looks to almost invite you to run it. But I kind of think that's what you have to do with defending Mahomes in the passing game. Yeah, I, and, I, and I, I do too. I mean, that's how they're going to beat you. I, uh, I think to beat the Chiefs, number one, this, you might have to steal a possession. Now, who knows if you can still do that because you had the onside kick last game. Fake punt, yeah, I guess, or something. Can you come up with something? Logan Cook's a pretty good athlete. Yeah, so, so and they haven't done anything with him. Yeah, so uh, so. so you got. I mean, then look, Kansas City. That's probably yeah. the first thing. Yeah. Obviously, Kansas City knows they're not going to try an onside kick again. Yeah, and, and I think Kansas City probably or pre- will they? Yeah. yeah, and I think Kansas City prepares for the opponents to try and steal the position every game. Yeah, they're, they're not good offensively just against the Jaguars. If they did it in the regular season in yeah. Arrowhead, stands yeah. to reason. Yeah, the Jaguars are going to try and do it again in a playoff. But game. I got to believe if I'm Andy Reid, everybody I play, I know that they're worried about my offense, so they're going to try and steal the possession. Uh, you Takeaways gotta, are massive to me too. Yeah, you, 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 this game you can't lose. No, I didn't think you could lose the, ta- the, the <laughs> turnover no margin by five and still win the game against the Chargers. Uh, you got to block Chris Jones, which you can't let. He he's the one guy. Their linebackers aren't bad. The secondary is young, but you can't let Chris Jones wreck you. That the you can't be playing. You can't have second and seventeen all day. You know, so you've got to block. I think that's very important. 
I don't think you're going to sack him a lot. Uh, and, and Mahomes is one guy that you can't even say get him off his spot because he's fine off his spot. You know, I think what you have to do is keep them from, from the big plays. Which you, the problem with a team like the Chiefs is you can be in a 10-7 game with them and you look up and the next thing you know it's 31-7. They're that team. They are so explosive. They are so good at taking advantage of your mistakes. Um, they, are, they are Andy Reid is – is throw it over the top after you get the takeaway guy. You know he he is he is that guy, and you know so you have to. Uh, so so I think when you're playing them, um, I don't think they're great defensively. I think Spagnuolo is a very good defensive coordinator, though. So I think they're I think he's a veteran guy. Uh, obviously, you heard Doug Peterson talk about it. They know each other. You know Doug has spoke talked about how they know it. So when you know each other, you know each other's style. But I think the way they they are going to score. They are not going to go. The Chargers went 33 minutes and scored three points. From the three or four minutes left in the half, those three or four minutes and the rest of the half, they scored three points. That's not going to happen. It's going to be cold. It might snow, by the way. You know, it's going to be cold uh, in the low 30s, high 20s perhaps at some point on Saturday. Maybe not when the game's going on, but it's going to be very cold there. But they are going to score. I think it's going to take 30 points to win the game if you're the Jaguars. Agree or disagree? Completely agree. I mean, I completely agree. I, th- I think you're – It's. I mean, I thought they were going to need, you know, 30 to beat the Chargers. I did too. I, I, think, I, did too. I think there's no way that you're going to win a 28-27 game in Arrowhead. I, it's it's going to take uh, – you might need 40. I mean, I, right, right, I mean minimum you, 30. You, you might need 35 minimum to even have a chance at this thing. Uh, so, yeah, I, I absolutely think, you know, if you're Doug Peterson, you've got to know that – you, you need five touchdowns and, and maybe a little bit more even beyond that to have a, a chance to beat them. If it's snowing, that's the one scenario that I can see where maybe a little bit lower scoring game is, yeah. is what happens. Yeah, and, and, and again, this sounds crazy, but I don't mind if, it, if, if weather like that is a big factor in the game. Conventional thinking should be that will hurt the Jags because they're not used to it. They're, they're in Florida, and this team plays in Missouri where the weather, weather can get cold. But I think anything that can upset how dynamic their offense can be isn't a bad thing. You know what I mean? I, 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 so it, it, weather doesn't bother me. And I think the Jags probably are better at running it between the tackles. Neither, neither of these teams are downhill running teams. There's not a Jonathan Taylor or a Derrick Henry in this game. But I think that I w- if, if it comes down to who runs it better, I'm okay, with, I'm okay with that battle. You know, So the biggest concern you have is that he lights you up. The biggest concern, you look up and Kelsey's got – Seven for 112 and two touches, and and they're throwing the ball over the top, and and Mahomes scrambles out of there and throws one of his no look lasers, and next thing you know, it's back to back touchdowns. The flurry, what what scares you, at least for me, what scares you with the Chiefs is the flurry. You're in the game, you're in the game, and boom, you're you're 17 points down. Yeah, and and I completely agree. They're they're the best team in the NFL at that at that sort of that piranha feeding frenzy on you that it's just so difficult to withstand particularly in their stadium but but again this is a team that lost to Cincinnati last year right uh in Arrowhead this is a team that you know has has lost a few times this year uh it's it's a team that you just you're gonna have to be way more physical than they are and you are gonna have to limit them to eight possessions which is a really really hard number and you know they're 
I'm just curious to see this version of the Chiefs, do they have heart? They've got unbelievable talent. They've got the best player in the NFL. Do they have heart? Do they have guts? Because while they have a talent advantage over the Jaguars, you're not going to have more heart or more guts than this Jaguars team. And heart and guts can make up for a lot in talent discrepancy. That's what I think the Chiefs have to prove Saturday is that they're able to go and win this kind of game and show the kind of heart and guts it's going to take to advance to the Final Four. They're 14-3. and three. They had the goofy loss early in the year at Indianapolis, which made no sense. Nobody saw that coming. Since then, they've won 10 out of 12. They've won five in a row. The two losses in that 10 and a 12 stretch were to Buffalo by four and at Cincinnati by three, which you could make the argument those are the three best teams in the league. They're certainly in the, the AFC. There's three of the four. It's funny. Teams. We all think the Chiefs are the best in the AFC, yet those are their two losses. Yeah. I mean, two out of the third, three losses, certainly. Yeah. So why don't we think the Bills and the Bengals are better than the Chiefs if they beat yeah, them head-to-head? Yeah, head? yeah, yeah. So, so, so anyways, as you wind down here. And again, the Bills won there. So that, that's, that's the thing. That what, what beats the Chiefs? Elite quarterback play. Uh, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow did that. They were well over 117 passer rating. Matt Ryan beat them at 105.9, uh, 222 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. And, and you've got to stick with the run. No matter what happens, you've got to stick with the run and try to limit the possessions the Chiefs get. If, they can, if the Jaguars can do that, they've got a great chance. It's just a very difficult assignment. Yeah. How do you defend Travis Kelsey? Well, well you don't. You know, but, and, and that has been a weak area for the Jaguars. The, the Jaguars have, have, when their young linebackers have tried to run with tight ends, that's been a problem. Now, having said that, their young linebackers aren't as young anymore. And Devin Lloyd is playing a very better, uh, at a much better level. But there's not one way. It's not like you say, well, the Chiefs, the best way to defend the Chiefs is with zone. The best way is to play man. There's not a way to, there's not a way to do that. They're there. He is so good that, you, again, I think the most important thing, if it's me, if I'm Mike Caldwell, what I don't want is the ball over the top. That, that's, what I don't want to do is chunk plays. Yeah. You know, because that, 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 they dishearten you. They also get the opposing crowd involved. The Arrowhead crowd's a good crowd now. It's like a college stadium. I mean, they have the, they'll be tailgating. They'll be out there at 8 in the morning. They'll, they'll be tailgating at 8 in the morning for that game. So they, that's who they are. That's what they do. And uh, chunk, stay out of the chunk plays and don't play, from, and don't, don't play from behind the sticks on offense and stay away from the chunk plays when you're on defense. And you can say that about anybody. I know that. But this team will kill you. This, this, this team is let, letting this team get ahead of you by two touchdowns is like dropping your left against Tyson. The, I think this is, the, this is the real danger area. Yeah, and, and again, it's, it's a difficult matchup. I mean, McKinnon is not really a household name, but he had 512 receiving yards as a running back, a 9.1-yard average, nine touchdowns, and he's been incredibly hot lately. I, I mean, it has been – so. I mean, they, they just throw so many things at you. I mean, this is a team that will come to the line of scrimmage and do a ring around the rosy right, before right, they snap right, the ball. Right. I mean, you just you have no idea what to expect. They've had two weeks uh, to self-scout themselves. And, uh, and obviously, I, I do think it helps the Jaguars that they've played this year. I, I just think that when even though they lost the game, I think having played in Arrowhead, having seen Mahomes, it gives you a better idea, I think, when you go to watch the film to get ready for just really yeah. being able to have that personal experience of, of what it was like. So I think the fact that they've played 
helps the Jaguars more than it helps the Chiefs. But the Jaguars are going to need, you know, all the breaks in the world to win the game. And, you know, in terms of Kelsey, I'd almost say, do you just mug him and just hope that the refs don't call six flags? Yeah. Like what the Chargers yeah. did to the yeah. Jaguars. I mean, do you just honestly rough him up? Yeah. And, ho- and, and doing that knowing they're going to get two or three first downs by penalty. Right. But are they, will, are they really going to call it for 60 minutes? We'll take a break. When we come back, I want to get it. To, I'll give you a 10-10 take, and I want to get it to NIL. Uh, Chris Doring had some powerful comments today. Uh, I'm going to talk about that and a whole lot more. We're live here at Island Wing Company at Bartram. Back in a moment. Frank Pangee, Hayes, Carlin. I'm Lauren Brooks. We are live here at Island Wing Company, Bartram Park. We will be here next week as well, hopefully celebrating another Jaguars playoff victory. Always a kitchen scoring design We'll, we'll be talking about that trip to Buffalo Can you week. imagine that? Or Cincinnati. Or Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, Buffalo or Cincinnati. I kind of like Cincinnati in that game. Yeah. I kind of do too. Even though Cincinnati didn't play well, I feel like I just think Joe Burrow is special, man. Uh, either way, let's get it to a little college football and NIL. Chris Doring was on Sirius XM today, and he talked about why he's glad Jaden Rashada is not now going to the University of Florida. I may not have ever deserved a $13 million NIL deal, but you know who did? Tim Tebow, Danny Warfel, Emmett Smith. And you know why? It's because of what they did when they played at the University of Florida. The idea of playing some kid that we don't even know is going to be good, $13 million, to come put on the orange and blue. Like, I know the day has changed, and there's motives outside of just the love of the university and the opportunity to play in the SEC. But this kid does not deserve $13 million, and I am so glad to hear that Florida will not be paying him that and happy to hear that he will not be attending the University of Florida. Again, Chris Doring, former Florida wide receiver, talking about Jaden Rashada. Frank, you've got a thought on NIL. Yeah, that's my our, our 1010 take. is brought to you by Batteries Plus. Power it, light it, fix it, eight Jacksonville area locations. I'm glad he's not going there too. And I think it's the best thing that could have happened to NIL because I'm watching ESPN right now. And they just showed it, and they're, they're still talking about whatever that show is, one of the sports reporter type shows they have on now. Uh, they're talking all about it, and uh, all everybody's weighing in on it. I'm glad it's got all this attention, whether Florida's the one that had to be the guinea pig on this or not. But enough's enough. I think NIL is well intended. That is, players who are the ones who do the work are the ones that should get paid. And I, and I, think, and I think pay for play is good. And I think if you play well, you earn that, just like Chris Weber should have gotten paid all those times Michigan sold those number four jerseys. That was the idea. It was never supposed to be an enticement to come to a school. And I think this might be the first step in fixing that. It's not going to be an overnight fix. It's not going to be a fast fix. But I think this is the first step. We have to stop it. I would, I would find a way. And you get Congress has to get involved because there's too many different state legislatures that do it too many different ways. The NCA has no, no, no way they can fix this thing. But what NIL should do is go back to you get paid for your name, image, and likeness, not for what you might, not a million, millions of dollars to come to a school. I'm glad it blew up. I wouldn't have cared what school it was. It just so happens to be my alma mater, but I'm glad it blew up. And I hope we can put a rule in place at some point that you cannot be, you cannot be promised or receive NIL dollars until you have been at a school and accomplished something. Maybe it means not until your sophomore year. Maybe it means not until you've played in X amount of games. I don't really know what the, what the barometer or the parameters should be yet, but I'm a big believer that you cannot, should not receive it until you've earned it as a collegiate player. 
and I'm really hopeful that we'll go in there and we will fix that. We've got to eliminate it as a recruiting enticement. We have to say, and we have, and we have to make it illegal to promise it to a player who's not on your campus. It's already illegal by in, in the state of Florida. It's already illegal to receive dollars until you're on campus. We have to go a step further and make it illegal, whether it's legally illegal, meaning against the law, or breaking the rules of the the organization, which is the NCAA. We have to get it to where you cannot receive money until you've accomplished X at your school. And I hope we put that in place. And I think something like what happened with Rashada may take us closer to that, and that's the 10-10 take. Yeah, I think it's good. I again, I I fear that we're never going to have any sort of rules of engagement for this thing. But if we could get there, whether it was a commissioner or whether it was Congress, this is what I would suggest: have three levels of NIL, and the first level doesn't kick in until you've been a starter for a full, basically a full season. Okay. Then what kicks in there is you can make up to $50,000 in NIL if you've been a starter for a full season. If you've been an all-conference player or whatever the equivalent of that would be, there, there's independence. But if, if – and, and I don't know if this is arbitration or however, but if, if you're an SEC player and you make an all-SEC team, you're entitled to 50000 to 200000 That's your NIL level. If you – again, this is only football. If you're an all-American player – you're entitled to unlimited NIL earnings. And that would be the best way to do it in terms of having levels of NIL where there is accomplishments, and as you, as you achieve more, you make more. We see this in the NBA. I think a lot of their contracts in terms of incentives you know, are, are, are hit with all-star teams and MVP voting and, and that kind of thing. The problem is they're never going to be able to get there, I don't think. And so if you're if, – unfortunately, I understand where Doring's coming from, but if, you're, if you don't want to pay at this point, then I think you are going to have trouble winning at a high level in today's college football. But the best thing to do would be to have levels of achievement that unlock bigger earning opportunities in NIL. And if you did it this way, then somebody would basically have to be a starter for a season – before they could right. get any NIL money. You're saying the same thing I'm saying, just yeah. with more detail. Earn your money before you get paid. Yeah, it should be illegal, and schools should be investigated if any player before they set foot on campus is talked to about money whatsoever. It should not be involved with recruiting the way that it was prior to the NIL getting passed. NIL was intended to be if you want to sign autographs on the weekend – you were allowed to do that and make money from that. Or if someone buys your jersey, you're allowed to profit from that. But that's all going to what y'all are saying, money you're earning because of what you've done on the field, which is what Chris Doring was saying. Now, the challenge is the genie's out of the bottle. And, and can you get the genie back in? That, that's, that's the challenge you face. But I'm telling you, it's going to – and look, this isn't the first time college football has faced such challenges. This has happened all the time. Uh, it is a very standard operating thing that – this rule has to be changed, and you can't do this. And, and so we, we have to – the bottom line is the most important thing in college athletics and always has been is finding a way to get the good players to come to your school. And if you find, with all due respect to X's and O's and coaching, the real reality is the team, the schools, for the most part, 
to get the highest percentage of the good players that come to their school win most of the games. That's reality. If you get the highest percentage of the good players that come to your school, you win more games than the other guy. There's no getting around that. So, and for that reason, people have cheated forever. People have bent the rules. People have taken advantage of the rules. We have to put a rule in there. So, so I hope it happens. I, I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but I hope it, we finally say enough is enough. We are not going to use this. as, And it was never intended to be a recruiting inducement. It was never intended for player to get X dollars. And, Bob, let me be clear about this. I'm not saying it because my school didn't get the guy. I'm glad it happened. I'm glad it happened. I just hopefully finally now we'll put some rules in place uh, and we'll see what winds see, up happening. what's ironic is Nick Saban had a whole rant about this, but it got lost because everyone thought he was just directing it at Jimbo Fisher, and so kind of the feud between them is what everyone focused on. Right. But Nick Saban was trying to say this a year ago. Yeah, he was. That it was, the good system point. was broken. That's a very good point. He said he bought, we didn't buy on our players. Well, I'm not sure I believe that either. They just got seven five stars. Correct. I'm guessing some of those five stars were, were, were guaranteed NAL money. Call me crazy. But I'm going to guess some of those five stars were guaranteed NIL money. But we, we got. But let's hope this one because it is so public, and because and because see a lot of times I'm sure Jaden Rashada isn't the first player who didn't wind up getting what he thought he was going to get, but he's the first one that for whatever reason they were so far apart he didn't come, and, and everybody found out about it. You know. And so and it's uh, the second school that he's walked away from. It's the second school. Yeah. Yeah. I do wonder what happened at Miami. You know, one theory is Miami committed X, Florida went and committed X plus. So he said no to Miami. I'm going to go to Florida because it's X plus. It might be just that simple. And everybody's accusing everybody. This guy, Eddie Rojas, got fired. Everybody's accusing this attorney, Darren Heitner. Heitner says, I've got nothing to do with it. Everybody is involved. Too many people who don't work for universities are involved in this. That's the other problem. Yeah, and, and that's, the, that's the other issue is the, the, the path to a national championship is almost now in how well run is your collective. And, again, it just it's the, the sport's in some trouble in terms of turning off some fans because it's just so now out in the open. It, it's it, the fact that. You know, these players are coming in and making millions of dollars. Again, we don't even talk about the Tennessee quarterback anymore. Nico Amaliva. Uh, that everybody knows got right. multi-million dollars to go to Tennessee. Right. Uh, you know, it's just I think it's turned off some fans. But, it, again, it, it, this could not have been handled more poorly right. from its outset than it's been handled. And that's why within two years – You've got a transfer portal that anybody can jump into. Right. And you've got an NIL system where large sums of money can be promised, and more of that goes to players not currently on your roster right. than the ones that are on your roster. And let's be honest. We, were all, we have been in before, and we've always been in a danger area that college, the college sports could get out of control because there's not a governing body. The NCAA is a weak one. Uh, that whole commissioner thing. You hear so many people talk about having a commissioner. Well, if we ever did get to that, that would solve a lot of problems. Because whether you like it or not, there would be an answer. There would be, if, it, if there's a commissioner of college football and the commissioner said, here's what we're going to do, we're going to put the, what Frank and Hayes just said in play, you cannot receive money or a contract receive money until you've been on your campus at least a year and you've had appreciable compliment, uh, uh, accomplishments on the field. And that's the rule. And I don't care now. Does the and if and I think if that private institution, if that private organization had that rule, 
could Congress over could, could state legislatures overrule it? That's the problem. Is there antitrust protection? See, the NFL can do whatever they want. They've got antitrust trust protection. Colleges don't have it. So you'd have to somehow Congress would have to allow that. So, so we'll see. It's going to be crazy stuff. But I'm, I'm kind of with Chris Doring. Chris Doring is just a former former Florida player that's ticked off a guy who's never done anything there is going to get the money when the Werfels and the Tebos of the world didn't. I get that. Mine is in a position of I'm mad about it because somebody else deserved it more, although I do think that. It's I think it's going to get out of control. So I'm saying the same thing Doring said, probably for different motivations. I, I, I'm motivated in a different way than he was, but I'm probably saying the same thing he was. So we'll take a break. When we come back, Lauren wraps the show with news and notes. Stay with us. What's going on in the world? It's time for Frangie Show News and Notes. Here's Lauren Brooks. Gorgeous weather out there. Book your charter trip with Doubled Up Sport Fishing, charters.com. You can do a half day, a full day, or even an overnight private fishing charter. You will love the 50-foot custom Carolina, and you will love Captain John Sheffield. You can also find Doubled Up Sport Fishing Charters on Facebook. All right, gentlemen, Seth Walter of ESPN Analytics put out this list yesterday. He ranked the NFL's top 100 most valuable players of the 2022 season. I'll give you the top seven. If, have either of y'all seen the list? I have not. Mm-mm. Okay, perfect. One, Mahomes. Two, Josh Allen. Three, Jalen Hurts. Four, Joe Burrow. Five, Justin Jefferson. Six, Tyreek Hill. Seven, Justin Herbert. Number eight, Trevor Lawrence. Here's what he has to say about Trevor. His numbers don't jump off the page, but he's partial to the notion that Lawrence carried an offense without a ton of help. The Jaguars ranked 31st in pass block win rate. And also, as far as adjusted quarterback efficiency, again, this is all analytics, uh, that notes that Trevor played with a group of receivers that were subpar at getting open per their metrics and also had a high rate of drops. I, I don't know that I've heard enough stats that they essentially what he's saying is the pass blocking wasn't good, the mm-hmm. route running wasn't good, and the catching wasn't good. I don't know that I believe all that. I mean, I don't know the. I mean, I I called every play of every game and yep. it didn't it didn't feel that way to me. Um, but I I think Trevor is a very valuable player, and I believe he and I and I have no problem. I mean, I love the fact he's in the top ten of that list. I just don't know that the players around him are as limited as that would suggest. I think what stands out is I still don't think they have a receiver that anybody would say is like a top 20 receiver in the league. And, and so, so what Trevor doesn't get enough that other quarterbacks do, he doesn't get the spectacular. He, you know, he doesn't get a, a – he, he gets solid play, and he's gotten that. Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, Evan Ingram, they've done a, a good job, particularly, I think, for what they are in this league. But they're not – superstars and the guys a lot of the guys higher up on that list they are throwing to superstar receivers and and so that's where I would I wouldn't say they've been bad but they also aren't on the caliber of player that Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen and uh Burrow and and, Mahomes yeah I mean it those guys Mahomes I mean again I I give him a lot of credit for doing what he's done without Tyreek Hill but he still has a nice, nice group to throw to, including the maybe the greatest tight end that we've ever seen. Do you agree that Herbert is ahead of Trevor? I don't. I think Trevor's a better player. Now, who was more valuable this year? I'd have to see what, what he overcame and whatnot. They won one more game in the regular season than, than the Jags did. Um, and they, but, but, no, I, I, I think Trevor's a better player than Herbert. I, I, I said that before the game, and, I, and, and, and I'm sure when, it, you know, Five minutes left in the first half, I look like an idiot for saying it, but it's what I believe, and it's what I believe when the game's over. 
And that's why you got to let the game play out. There is one other Jaguar in the top 100. Would you like to venture a guess? Uh, one other Jaguar in the top 100, uh, Rayshon Jenkins. Okay. Hayes. MVP. Mm. Aluakon. Okay. I think those are two excellent guesses, and they both could be Kirk. on this list. It is not Kirk. any of the three of those that you've mentioned. Campbell? It is. Oh, okay. Tyson Campbell. And basically, I'm not going to get into the metrics of it, but basically uh, he allowed very few uh, yards in yeah. coverage. He's a really good player. I mean, yes. I mean he's, he's a, they've got some really good players, and he's one of those really good players. Good news for Josh Allen. Tom Pelissero tweeted this out a little bit earlier. There was a stat change. The NFL awarded Josh Allen with an extra sack in the Week 18 finale against the Titans. I, it's about time. I mean, how many letters do I have to write for this to become a sack? It, it never made any sense. I agree with you. We talked about it all week. How is that not a sack? Well, good. I'm glad that he got a sack. Glad they finally got it right. So now he has five in the Jaguars' last six games, obviously including uh, the playoff victory against the Chargers. So that is good news. Patrick Mahomes had some nice things to say about Trevor Lawrence's performance against the Chargers. He said, it was a true test of a competitor. Whenever stuff's not going your way to still pull your team out to find a way to win, Trevor's done it at every level, high school, college, and now in the NFL. He's taking that team, and they've turned it around fast. Yeah, in addition to being the best football player in the league, Patrick Mahomes is a very classy, respectful guy. He, talk, he, he talks with dignity about everybody, so I'm not surprised to hear that, but I'm kind of glad to hear it. I even like his commercials. No, he's, <laughs> I, by the way, yeah. by the way, I do too. Yeah, um, yeah he, he, he is. He's, he's everything you'd want. Patrick yeah. Mahomes is, is, is everything you'd want in a player. Uh, he's unbelievable right now. You just hope that, you know, with him being 27 and, and Trevor being 23, that uh, you know that Trevor, the the good times will last a little bit longer here, but certainly Kansas City's already had many years of great times already with Patrick Mahomes, who looks like he's headed towards you know one of the greatest careers we've ever seen. Totally agree. We'll do a full injury report on Friday, but as an update as far as the Jaguars go: long snapper Ross Matisic and offensive lineman Brandon Scherf, the right guard, they were both limited today. Neither practiced yesterday with back and abdomen injuries, respectively. Over on the Chiefs' side, Miko Hardman, the wide receiver and returner, second day in a row, did not practice with a pelvis injury. Yeah, I would think the good guys will be healthy. They've been. It's been a very healthy knock on wood, like you said, Lauren Year. But it's been a good. It's been a very good, healthy year for this. A big part of the Jaguars making this enormous turnaround in year one under Doug Peterson has been very good health, whether that's good luck or whether they've done a magnificent job uh, in the training room and, and nutrition, but it's been a very healthy team. And next year you get the Miller, the, uh, Miller Performance Center. Right, that's they right. Might, what, what am I Miller Electric. Miller Electric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, that, but that's right. That's right. You were very close. Uh, when it comes to the NFL news and notes, the Patriots requested permission to speak with Vikings wide receivers coach Keenan McCardell for yeah. their offensive coordinator position. I think Keenan is such a he's good at everything. I think he's a good coach. I think he's a good football guy. I just I have no reason to believe he wouldn't be a good play caller. I, I don't I don't know his his philosophy. I don't know what offense he he would run, but I know he's a good he's a damn good football guy. You know that. So if that's where he winds up, would surprise me a bit. Yeah, pulling for him. ESPN is paying a reported $33 million a year for its Monday night football booth of Joe Buck, who's getting $15 million, and Trey Aikman, who's getting $18 million. You know what? I think they're freaking great. I think, it's, uh, I think, they're, I think they're one of the best going. They're both good guys. I, I really enjoyed visiting with Buck a little bit when they were here for the game. I, I am a big fan. And listen, we all know people 
criticized the broadcaster. Before I ever called a team play-by-play game, I was warned across the board, you're going to have some people that don't like you. And we all know that. We know that from being in talk radio. So I get it. I, I get that we all have people that just aren't big fans. That's the way the world is. But I never will understand why Buck got as much criticism over the years as he did. I, I just, I, I'm a big Buck fan, big Buck fan. Yeah, I like him too. I, you know, I guess just because of who his dad was and things like that. And, uh, but yeah, Joe's always, I think, handled it really well and is able to poke fun at himself. And right. uh, Aikman's the one that I don't understand. I think Aikman, I think you could upgrade there, uh, particularly at that dollar figure. I'll be interested in seeing is, is more of these quarterbacks from this generation retire. I'll be curious to see if any of them want to go and, uh, and, and do broadcasting. Breeze tried. It didn't work out. but We know Brady will. He's already signed Brady's up to Brady's going to take Olsen's job. Yeah, that deal's yeah. already in place. But I'm curious to see, like, if Aaron Rodgers wants to do it, I think he could be really refreshing in a booth. Now, I don't know that he's going to want to do it. Right. Is he allowed he, to be on ayahuasca yeah, while sure. in the booth? I, I, I would encourage it. <laughs> He and, strikes uh, me as a guy that's got <laughs> other stuff to do. Yeah, he, and he might be. but Like ayahuasca. And Aikman's, Aikman's had an unbelievable career. Right. But I, I would try to yeah. get somebody that's played a little bit more currently yeah. than Aikman, who I want to say his last year was probably Mid-90s, 20 late years ago. Yeah, yeah. I like, I'm a big Aikman fan. I like Aikman. But we'll see. The Cowboys, speaking of the Cowboys, snapped their eight-game road playoff losing streak Monday night against the Bucks, and snapped their seven-game losing streak against Tom Brady. They will now face the 49ers to renew their rivalry in the divisional playoffs. It is pretty amazing that the Dallas Cowboys, America's team, one of the most recognizable franchises, recognizable brands in all of in the history of American sport, haven't won more of late. They have really not been very good. They, I mean, when is the last time, the last Super Bowl was mid-90s, right? 94? Yeah. 94 probably the last one? I think 95. 95, 95? yeah. Okay. It was 93, 94, 95, right? Okay, so, I mean, it has been a long time since the Dallas Cowboys have been really good. I mean, that's a long time ago now since they've been good at anything. Yeah, I remember that because I used to babysit for a Cowboys fan family. So three years in a row for the Super Bowl, I was babysitting the same two boys. Uh, Hayes, we did not get to this today, but Walker Howard tweeted out earlier today, hotty toddy, so that we know he is heading to Ole Miss to be coached by Lane Kiffin. Yeah, it's a good move for him. I mean, you you go to a place where you're going to get great quarterback teaching. You're going to run a fun offense and uh, you know, I, I think he's going to have to win a job, you know, with all uh, Jackson with Dart. Dart still there. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a good move. It, it speaks volumes about Lane Kiffin and credit Ole Miss for, you know, having the fortitude to hire Lane Kiffin. Uh, I know they were disappointing down the stretch, but if they can keep Lane Kiffin in Oxford, they're going to have probably the best run Ole Miss has had. Yes. Ever? Well, certainly since Johnny Vaught in the 60s. Yeah, that's exactly right. When they were, where they really were a good team. Um, I'll say this. I know the lo- a lot of the Florida fans were excited about the prospect of Walker Howard because they're number one concerned about their quarterback room overall. But at best I can tell, he never had any interest. Yeah, I, I think people just assume because Napier knew him and Napier knows the family well because they're from Lafayette that, that Florida would be in play. I don't think Florida's ever in play. I think the kid just didn't want to go to Florida. I mean, and I, I don't sense that there's any ill will. It would be like if you asked one of us, hey, you want to go to school at Arkansas? I got nothing against Arkansas, but I got no interest. Yeah, I, I don't think Walker Howard had even a lick of interest. In even, all, the, all the media people kept, kept, kept coming out saying Florida because of the Napier relationship and Florida needs a quarterback. I don't think the kid ever had any interest in Florida at any point. 
I also I'd think, too, sorry, Lauren, I also think that, you know, wh when you have a player like Graham Mertz, <laughs> how, how Who active, wants to compete with that? Yeah, how active are you still yeah, going to yeah. really be pursuing Maybe that's why Rashad left. Yeah. He knew he couldn't beat out Graham Mertz. I was only surprised that it was Ole Miss because I thought it was going to be TCU, but either well, way, I, I just I hope they gave that thirteen million to Graham Murray. <laughs> Maybe Chris Dory. Well, I, heard, I heard that's what did happen. <laughs> uh, final note before we say hello to Rick Ballou: the JU men's basketball game against Queens yeah. on Saturday was moved up to two p.m. Uh, so if you're looking for some local college hoops, you've got JU against Queens Saturday two p.m. at Swisher, and then at UNF Arena, UNF plays host to Liberty Saturday also at two p.m. Yeah, and that's the right thing for those schools to do. Don't. Don't schedule a game and make people decide between coming to your game or watching the Jaguars. They moved those games up so people can be home by 4.30 and watch the Jags, and that was smart on both. The, number one, smart because it will help their attendance. Absolutely. But also the right thing to do is to, from a community standpoint, they did the right thing. All right, let's say hello to Rick Ballou. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping the rubber on the road with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Rick Ballou is here. Rick, we're sitting here at Island Wing Company, and uh, our friend Woody Bunch just walked in. Oh, man, get him a white cloth. Yeah, he's got one. He's got <laughs> yeah. a white cloth. I mean, he's got, no doubt. Uh, right, right now he's got a white cloth, and I was asking him, and he says uh, his golf game just went to pot. He said he's been picking up. He's not happy with his game. So I want to know, are you the blame for his poor play? Uh, slightly, yeah. But <laughs> let me explain to you the Woody Bunch golf round, okay? okay. Yeah. Costs $40 to play. Yeah. Costs $80 of white claws as he plays 18 <laughs> holes. And it costs $400 on a trip to Dick's to repair the golf clubs that have been broken on the course. I totally get it. I totally. I know I've known Woody a long time. I think that is dead on. Yeah, he's working hard though with the good uh, folks over at uh, at Snyder, and uh, yep, yeah, he's yep, a lot yep. of fun to go out and play golf with, no doubt about it. Woody's Woody's a good man. Good to see him in yep. here, uh, Rick. We're halfway there. We're halfway through the week, man. I can't wait to play this thing. I, I think the Jags. I think people don't think the Jags have a chance have lost their mind. I really believe that. Oh, there's no doubt. And you know, you and I have known each other forever, but I can't stand the. No one ever believed in us. No one ever yeah. thought we would be here. How Georgia yeah. just won their second national title by right. 60 points, and you had guys on the team saying, no one believed in us. And So it, we get it all the time when it comes to great runs and championship teams, but that applies to this club. I mean, that is true. If, if you're looking at anyone right now who's saying, oh, I knew they'd be in this position, I knew they'd come back, Show them a mirror because that's a liar. No one out there thought that they would be in this position. That's why it's so much fun. That's why it's so great right now to be in Duval. I think we all agree they're going to have to play pretty close to a perfect game in order to knock off Kansas City in that environment. I think it's the best NFL environment uh, around yeah. the league, so that's going to be tough for them to go out there and win. I agree with you, Rick. It's going to be tough. What's coming up tonight? That? We got all that. We got a lot of Jags coming up here over the next couple of hours. Uh, we'll take a look at the four divisional games as well with our good friend, the Philly Godfather. That's coming up at 640. So we're going to be very busy here over the next couple. All right, Rick. Thanks, buddy. See ya. Rick, Rick Ballou goes into the night, and it happens right now. Tomorrow, 2 to 4 for our program. Uh, our 2 to 4 shows continue as long as the Jags keep playing. So we may have another month full of 2 to 4 shows. We're happy to do it. We'll see you tomorrow. Don't go anywhere. Rick Beluga's into the night right now. For Hayes, Lauren, and Gibby, I'm Frank Frangie. So long.